Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. I am one half of your hosting team this evening, Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from Swartz Creek, Michigan, where apparently once uh, Halloween ended, winter decided to grasp grasp our throats and start shoving snow in our face because it is snowing and blistery cold here today. But coming with me, coming son of a bitch and joining me as always i could be coming with you as well scott depending what kind of podcast <laughs> we want to start offering for people um mm. <laughs> join our fans only page heather powell podcasting today from Waterdown, ontario canada um honestly it's not that bad it's only i don't know I don't know what it is in American, but it's four degrees Celsius here, which is what an American, like, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Three was, I told you three earlier, and that was 35. So it's probably about 40-ish. 40-ish. Um, but I'm not a bitch. So <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. Um, it's It's like snowing, but not really snowing. But like the moment it hits November 1st, I forgive any snow. Right. I feel like when you live in the north, you just have to expect it on and off between now and um, March. I only get mad when it snows between April and October. Agreed. Yeah, because like this, as much as I hate the snow and all that, like it, it. We live in the north; it's expected. Yeah, like I can handle it then. But when it happens, like other times, I find that I get like unrationally angry. <laughs> <laughs> right like, like i just i don't know why like it, it's not like i have any control over the weather but i get super offended if it snows in april like i don't know like it offended my great ancestors by snowing for some reason <laughs> um but we're coming off the high of halloween weekend i had a course of very tame weekend yeah tame my ass <laughs> i didn't get up to any shenanigans at all no um, nothing heather would ever do i uh i basically partied from devil's night to last night um so to give you an idea i went to uh a, a club called club absence here in hamilton ontario i dressed up as a devil um a very awesome good looking costume too sexy is what you meant to say yes very sexy that's right and i uh went to this uh event it was a drag show and the promoters um are two guys and they're super cool and shit so my friend ann and i ended up buying them drinks so then they ended up buying us drinks and then there were shots upon shots of i don't even know what i was drinking i went facebook live don't remember doing that um (laughs) but i did the next day when i saw the video um which wasn't, I didn't say anything offensive. It was just like, happy Halloween, happy Devil's Day. It's not like I, I don't know. Too right, bad. you it didn't do anything fun. bad. Oh, sometimes bad is good. It's true. Um, <laughs> I enjoy making poor decisions. So, um, <laughs> I would have loved to make two poor decisions with those gentlemen that we were drinking with, but oh, uh, damn. I don't, I don't think that was going to happen. I don't think I was their type. So, um, anyway. It was, it was a lot of fun. So we ended up closing the bar with these gentlemen 
and to the point where the lights were on and the stools were being picked up because it was it was a socially distanced event. So you had to wear a mask into the club. You had your assigned tables and you had bottle service. It was honest like being honestly like being a VIP. I don't know if you've ever been to a club and had VIP. No. So I've a couple of times and it's just like you basically have a set area and a server and they come over and they bring you drinks and stuff and you can buy bottle service and stuff. So obviously there wasn't bottle service, so they probably could have done bottle service. I don't know why they didn't, but um, it was sick. And, uh, but the only problem was I got a little too drunk and I was dying Halloween morning. Like I could not even get out of bed. I was so hungover and I had, I pulled my shit together and I made it out Saturday afternoon for my friend's kids um, scavenger hunt in the park. And we hid candy and the kids found it. I came home and I handed out candy to a lot of children. I was out of candy. I ran out of candy and I was so happy. And I'm not at all saying to people um, who live in areas where COVID-19 is very serious that they should have sent their kids out. I'm only speaking to my environment and where I live. Oh, and it was very nice to see people out with their kids, kids wearing masks, all of us engaging in proper hygiene. So I used tongs to give out the candy. I wore a mask. Um, there was a couple of like, and people I found this year, if they did Halloween, they went all fucking out. Like it was like, go big or go home. And it was really, really enjoyable. And then I went to the bar with my parents. Yes, I went to the bar with my parents on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, dressed up in my Superwoman costume, which all the kids loved. Thought it was like the coolest shit ever. And there were some really cool costumes. So I'm, uh, I'm flying on a high from October, man. I had a fucking amazing October. I, I was saying to my girlfriend earlier today, I think I've had one of the best Octobers I've ever had. And that's awesome. You know, and it's because I went out and I did stuff and I went to time events and I did things I loved. And yet again, I am not criticizing. If you live in an area that it's not safe to do that, I absolutely respect and understand why you're making the choice that is best for your family. In my area, um, we're offering these things because we can do so safely. And I've enjoyed every single one of them. But what about you? What did you get up to? I'll say that is awesome. I'm glad you had uh, such a great month. Um, for me, well, Friday, I... Uh since the Michigan theaters finally opened around here, I decided to do my, uh, what I used to do back in the day, which was the solo Scott adventure, go to a theater and check out a horror film. So I checked out a new 2020 horror film, which I will talk about more in our, what we've been watching segment. Uh, and then on Halloween, I ended up, uh, going out, uh, meeting up with my date and, uh, we went over to her friend's house. Your lady friend. Yes. My lady friend. <laughs> and uh we ended up going to her friend's house and we all got dressed up and went trick-or-treating around their neighborhood i uh i pretty much just repurposed one of my old costumes and dressed as a wizard uh grayed out my beard and painted did you tell some, like, people you almost went pro for magic i should have <laughs> but no like all the kids were all dressed up in super adorable outfits i uh shared a picture with you of them and oh they were uh, great yeah we all went out trick-or-treating and had uh, some hot ciders and thermoses for us and stuff like that. And yeah, like the people that were passing out candy were just like doing some amazing things, uh, like a lot of awesome decorations, uh, some very inventive ways of handing out candy this year. Uh, there was one guy that was standing high up on this porch and he had like a metal chute that he would just drop candy down and you had to put your bag under at the bottom and it would shoot right out at the bottom. That's really cool. 
Yeah, and then there was like some people that had like these really long extended grabbers that were grabbing the candy and reaching and dropping in the kids' basket. Oh, kind of like what I was doing with my tongs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, then there was some people that were like, the kids would come up to the house and they would just reach, the people that were passing out the candy would reach two hands in and grab like double fists of candy and just throw it all in the person's basket or bags. Like wow. the kids got hooked up this year. Yeah, I I loved it. There was a little girl across the street from me that went as a cloud and was in this uh, white, I don't want to, I don't know what fabric to call it, but a see-through fabric and had lights in it. Oh, nice. And it was incredible. She told me she made her own costume that her mom didn't help her at all, which I, I think mom had a little bit to do with it, but you know, she wanted to take the credit and it was so much fun. There was my neighbors down the way. They had set up a table. They did wrap individual wrap treats and the reason why I chose not to do that is because I felt it was more sanitary for me to take it take the box open it pour it into my bucket and use tongs I never actually physically touched the candy right I kept gloves on the entire time and I had a mask on the entire time um and honestly I kept it like at the end of my driveway I, I shared a picture I don't know if I shared it to our Friday Nightmares page but I basically set up a table with my pumpkin and my blow up dog <laughs> and uh my bucket that i had covered in cobwebs and stuff and honestly i'll do that again every year moving forward i i thought it was easier than having the kids walk up my driveway and me waiting inside my dog didn't bark like it was so much easier to just do it that way and honestly i will do it that way and if i have to do it in my garage like wait in my garage and wait for the kitties to come there if it's raining i'll do that like i will not go back to traditional like waiting at the door, have the kids knock ever again. Cause really yeah. you're only outside for, you know, two hours. Like that's it. Right. Like, uh, especially for you, you have like that attached garage, which makes it easier. Yes. Like yes. for me, I'm kind of screwed. Like if it is like shitty weather, it's like, I only have my house. My garage I, is too far back. Absolutely. You got to do what works for you, but I will never go back to the other way of doing it again. Um, I was so happy to see the kids out. I had one kid argue with me because they wanted more candy and I refused to give them more um, because I wanted to save it because I was running out. I, I didn't have enough candy for all the kitties that were coming around. And um, I just, it was so enlightening and refreshing. And when we did the scavenger hunt, we hid the candy. So we basically hid the candy on a playground, which yet again, I think this was actually less hygiene because we were hand putting it on a playground where all these other kids have been touching. But anyway, I digress. Whatever makes people feel better. Um, and in the basketball court that was near there, and they have one of those weirdo outdoor gym things that like super hardcore fitness people use. I work out every day, but I would never go use one of these things because they look painful. Um, but so we put the candy there and the kids went and, and did a scavenger hunt. That was with my friend and her kids. And that was a lot of fun, even though I was fucking dying from my hangover <laughs> from the night before but man the drag show was sick and the costumes there were sick and the two gentlemen that drank with us though we they were not interested in us were hot so it was some good <laughs> visuals that we got to look at um during during the evening um man like what a what a great halloween and and props to Everybody who celebrated, however you felt comfortable, however was safe for you, whatever you did was right for your family, no matter what choice you made. Um, we all live in different environments. We're all experiencing this differently. And I'm just really glad we could all enjoy this holiday and to see the joy on the kids' faces. Just like it lit up my heart. You know, they've had it the worst this year. 
Yeah. Adults can manage shit. Kids have it harder. So whatever you did to bring joy to your kids, you know, props to you. And let's uh, let's continue to move forward and be positive. Yeah, I was saying like, you know, we, uh, like someone had said, no one's going to let COVID stop us completely. Like no. we got to do things to like bring some semblance of normalcy. And, and a new normal. And I think people need to be okay with that. Like we may always have to wear masks. Right. And I know that there's, you know, okay, I'm going to be very blunt here. For the people in the States that don't think this is an option, you need to put on a fucking mask. Okay. I don't care if that made you upset on this podcast, then you don't need to listen to us. Yep. We are in a situation right now where we need to protect each other. There is nothing wrong with putting a mask over your face. Nope. It takes two seconds and it's just not even that inconvenient. It's not even inconvenient. You know, if this is all we need to do to protect each other, because reality is like, don't you go to the grocery store and people are coughing and hacking on shit anyway? You know, my favorite thing is now all those people that do that shit have stuff over their mouth. So I don't have to watch them cough on apples because that's what would happen. And like, we just need to get it. We just need to be here to protect each other. However, that needs to be. And if you're not comfortable with leaving your house and you want to do Grocery Gateway, which is our online grocery system or whatever, that's great. If you are comfortable with going out, that's great. But there's rules that are put in place for a reason. You yep. put up with it. <laughs> I know. And it, oh, it pissed me off so bad because this just reminds me of something I was doing today. I was at my uh, grocery store returning bottles and it was me and probably like eight or nine other people in there returning bottles at the mach- automatic machines that we use. And it was me and one other person was wearing a mask. No one else was. It's like, why? What do you think you're doing? Like, what battle do you think you are fighting right now? Right. Like, I, and there's Canadians that that do this too. I have not seen it in stores because it's mandatory here. Canadians tend to follow the rules a little bit more. Though I've seen people that will like hold it down below their nose and stuff like that. Stop being a tool, man. Wear it properly. Like, this isn't a big deal. Um, and to my American brothers and sisters, this is not a political podcast, but I want, and I didn't even talk to Scott about saying this, so he's just going to have to listen to me for a second. (laughs) I listened to the psychosemantic podcast with Bo and I'm going to say his name wrong again, Darren. It's Darren. Yeah. Darren. And they talked about the election coming up. I know that by the time you hear this, the election will have already passed and that first of all that podcast is incredible please listen to it it's on the legion network they do an excellent job about talking about the hunt and they also do an excellent job about talking about politics we are in a situation right now where we need change and if you don't like that listening to this podcast you're more than welcome to not listen to what i have to say yep but we need change okay you guys need to look at what's going on right now in your country and realize that people are dying unnecessarily there is more racial tension than there's ever been and there is big problems here okay i get that no candidate is perfect okay there's there's problems in all politics at all level it is what it is but what i wish for all of you is for change and for hope and for somebody who takes this seriously and doesn't say that COVID is over because it's not, and we can work together to have our borders open again. So Scott and I can get together and he can come to absence and get really drunk on drinks and having a really, really good time. That's what I wish for all of you. So please, please, if you're hearing this now, I hope that has happened for all of you because this is unacceptable to what you have all had to put up with. And I'm done with being PC. You guys need change. So if you didn't like that, too bad. (laughs) 
And that's all I wanted to say on that topic. And I'm completely fine with that because, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, everyone that's listening hopefully has gone out and made their voices known and voted. And I will say this being a Canadian looking in at your country, there is one side. And if you vote for the other side, I don't know where your head is at. Like, you need to look at the bigger picture here, and maybe you don't like certain things that one party has done. That is fine. I don't always like things that one party's done either. I don't always like the people that they are. But your country is in an economic and, and medical crisis right now. So <laughs> there is one choice. And that is how I feel from an outsider looking in. I will be pretty blunt about this. Yeah, if we're going this route, yeah. Fuck Trump. I hope you voted the other way. <laughs> right. And if you didn't and the situation is the same, I, I love you all and I will continue to love my American brothers and sisters. And I hope that we can all continue to work together. If for some reason um, Mr. Trump has been elected again, we can continue to work together to one day have our borders open again. Um, but if we're going to be quite blunt and I'm motivated to this because of Darren and Bo. That is honestly what motivated me. Listening to that podcast, Scott and I have always been very careful with what we've said. We've tried to be discreet. I've decided to be blunt. And Well, I'll say your thoughts are the exact same as mine. You're just much, much more intelligent the way you can speak it and uh, back up your wording. Well, and I don't have any skin in the game. I'm just a lowly Canadian with my maple syrup, you know, drinking an <laughs> absence on a, on a Hamilton night, having a good time. Um, and that's fine. You know, like at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't matter that much. I have no stake in your country at all, except when I come over there and I spend my big dollars at Hot Topic and um, Cheesecake Factory and I don't know, wherever else I fucking go to. I have no say. I'm just from an outside perspective looking in and I hear the passion from people. And I think right now people really need to think about the situation that you're in and trying to get out of that. Um, no choice is ideal right now, but we got to move forward and really take the chance. If you, if you're interested in a very fair conversation about politics, listen to that podcast. Um, yes. I think it's a really, really good chat. And because I just, you know, myself wanted to share my views and what they were thinking. I thought it was awesome. And hopefully, you know what, you're listening to this. We'll see what America looks like. Um, hopefully things are going okay. Yeah, who knows? Maybe by the next time we record, I will have somehow smuggled my way across the border of Canada wow. if things go south and uh, I'll be <laughs> recording in, in Ontario with Heather. <laughs> I think that will be very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see about that. First of all, Scott, I don't think you could smuggle yourself anywhere. Like, I don't think you could smuggle yourself in the fucking Target. Like, I don't even think we'll, you could We'll see that about this. We'll, we'll see about this. Right? So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish you all love and happiness. I really do. Every single American that I know, um, that I don't know either. And uh, I really do hope for a better, a better world and a better life for your country. So, um, but yes, Halloween is finished. We are on to November. Um, remember, remember the 5th of November, V for is for, v is for Vendetta. Um, <laughs> I guess we could just jump into our 2020s. Was there anything you wanted to add or anything cool that coming up horror wise? I guess besides your movie experience, that's kind of cool. Yeah, nothing really other than that. Uh, though I will just briefly mention it because I'm not going to talk about them in my what we've been watching right now. But just because of the, uh, you know, upcoming election i decided to finally watch the purge movies so i'll be talking oh, nice. about those next episode nice i uh the purge movies are i've only seen up to i think three and that's the one i'm on right now 
Um, I haven't seen the the one that's uh, the first what is purge. It called? The first purge. No, yeah. I haven't seen that. It was just I like the purge films, but I find them really depressing. <laughs> Because I feel like your country's not far off of it. So. Right, that's kind of that's why I was like, you know what? That's like I, I, you know, it was happy. It was all this happy go fun Halloween stuff. Oh boy, the ugly side is coming soon. So let me watch this. <laughs> Absolutely right. So anyway, um, maybe yeah, Scott can decide if he wants to keep all that political stuff in there. We'll see what he decides when he edits. Scott's the boss on here on Friday Nightmares. <laughs> yeah, right. I just I just show up and wave my angry Canadian flag in a polite as manner as possible and like, you know, <laughs> hang out for the ride. So I guess I'll break into our 2020 movies. I'm actually really excited for our topic tonight because it's something that I didn't really like before and that I've come full circle around on. Right, I'll say same here, which uh, I didn't get a chance to bring up the topic, but it is uh, found footage. Yeah, like, um. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Honestly, like this, the, doing this watches or doing these watches really made me reflect on um, what I liked, why I didn't like found footage and how that changed. Um, yeah, there's still the things I cannot stand about found footage, but those are the movies that I just don't like. Yeah. But then there's the movies I really do like that have done things correctly. Absolutely, right? So... Anyway, let's uh, let's break into these 2020 movies. So, like, a biggest shock of fucking 2020 is this first one. Um, <laughs> didn't see this coming at all. It is called Jack in the Box. And it looks like it's going to be the biggest piece of trash that you have ever seen before in your life. And surprisingly not enough, it is totally not. It's basically a movie about a cursed Jack in the Box that is passed down from generations to generations. It kind of reminded me, there was something else, of, like the, the mask from Clown. Remember oh, yeah. the mask from the movie Clown and it had been passed down from generations to generations? It kind of reminded me a little bit of that. And it's based in this museum. I believe it's a British film. Yeah, I believe so. Because yeah, the main redhead girl, she's British and the guy came from America. Yes. Though he's, I thought he had a British accent at times. I yeah, I'm wondering if they may have got a British actor to try playing American and he was just slipping in and out of his accent. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering if I was mishearing that. So where to watch? So, oh, sorry. Did you watch this? I, it looks yeah. like you did. And what did you think? Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, it was better than expected, but I would say it was like just above middle of the road for me. It was entertaining. Uh, dragged a little bit here and there. But like, yeah, all in all, I'd say it was like, I'm definitely not disappointed I watched it. Absolutely. Um, I thought that it was a really fun little movie. Definitely not going to grace any, I don't know, maybe it will grace somebody's top 10 or top 20. But it was a surprise. Um, as Brandon Orlick said from the Exploding Heads podcast, because he was the one that recommended this to me, and then I recommended it to Scott, this movie had no be business being as good as it was. And I absolutely agree with that statement. You really, like... <laughs> Walking out of this movie, I was like, shit, like, I thought this was going to be a lot worse. It's available on Vudu, Google, um, Hoopla, Prime, and, oh, there's something else here now. I've never seen this one before. Um, oh, no, sorry, just Microsoft Store. They just have a new logo for it. So oh. Microsoft Store for United States. All right. Well, these next two are yours as well. Oh, you haven't seen these either? Nope. Oh, okay. So 32... 
Malison Street. Did I say that right? I think it's Malasana. Malasan Street, 2020. It's a shutter watch, uh, but it is a um, a Spanish film. I'm trying to remember now. I've seen so many. I believe it's a Spanish film. And I'm pretty sure Scott hasn't watched it because it's subtitled and he wouldn't be able to watch it at work. Is that kind of where you're at, my friend? Yeah, because I don't get it nearly as many times to watch the like subtitled films. I got to wait till I get home and when I get home, sometimes I just don't have the time to watch movies as much as I'd like. Well, he's busy with his important Scott pop horror and ladies and oh yeah, and all the <laughs> pussy in his house. <laughs> yeah, all those kitty cats everywhere. Um, inspired by real events, the story centers around a family in the 1970s who settle into the Madrid neighborhood of. Melisande, where their new house will become the worst of their nightmares. So it's based on a true story. I didn't actually research it on a ha- on a haunting. It's a it's a it's a haunted house. <laughs> right? This is a ghost story, in the nutshell. I really enjoyed it. Very easy watch. Very likable characters. Um, the ending, I believe, is following the path of a lot of possession ghost stories this year, which isn't fully happy. They kind of make it a little bit more edgy. So yeah, it's on. Shutter, Prime Video, and then Amazon Shutter. So if you have the add-on Shutter feature for your uh, for your Amazon, it is there. So yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. If you like ghost stories, you'll dig this. Um, definitely worth the watch, but it is subtitled. And then the next one, because I'll just hammer them out so that way Scotty doesn't have to you know, be too bored while I go over this and all my other rants of the day and my other opinions <laughs> that people really need to know about um, is The Bridge Curse. So this is a Japanese film, I believe. And it's it's a 2020. It's a kind of a mix between found footage, but not found footage. And it's basically another ghost story. You're looking at a bridge that is cursed. Shock faint on that one. And <laughs> I know, Scott, try to try to hold back your shock on <sighs> that amazing title connected to it. Um, so four years after five years after five students mysteriously committed suicide after taking part in a courage test on the ghost bridge, um, a reporter and a videographer are back to see what happened and of course there's a twist in it it is subtitled i'll be honest um some of the characters are super annoying the first act is a little challenging to get through but then it gets a lot better so it is available on netflix so if you have netflix i recommend checking it out this is this is one that i was planning on uh watching uh, before we recorded but i did not get a chance to so well i would say watch it eventually like it's I don't think it's that good of a found footage, to be honest with you. Like, there's better found because it's it it draw it walks the line between found footage and non-found footage, um, and it doesn't do either one either well. But the ghost story behind it is cool. Okay, yeah, because I I'll probably watch it because uh, I, I I've become like my goal now is if there are enough good 2020 watches, I'm gonna try to hit 200 by the end of the year. Nice. That's awesome. So I'll probably throw this one on because if you if you liked it, then I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's it's worth it. But know that the first act is annoying. All right. Good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I can take the next one because we both did watch this one. This is also uh, one that is available on Netflix and it is called Cadaver. And this is a post-apocalyptic film. Um, that it's pretty much uh, 
the, in the starving aftermath of a nuclear disaster, a family of three attends a charitable event at a hotel, which takes a dark turn when people start to disappear. And basically, this hotel is like a, uh, a walk around and follow character play. Like, so people like, like you have all these actors in this hotel and you just, you pretty much just follow whoever you're interested in and you hear their story. Well, while that's going on, fucked up shit happens. Yeah, it's a really, I felt like it was a little predictable. You kind of knew what was going to happen, but it was yeah. fun. Yeah, um, it kind of reminded me, different version of the platform. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense, maybe that maybe that's Netflix jam this year. That's what they're picking up. Yeah, yeah, because I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really well done. I'm not sure where it'll be on my list yet because I've been lazy and haven't been actually like ranking like the last like 15 movies. So I got to go and do that one of these days. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend this one. It's a very good watch uh, and you can watch it subtitled or dubbed. Uh, apparently my Netflix just automatically dubs everything when I watch it now for some yeah, reason. I find that too. I always, except for like the bur- the bridge curse, it wasn't dubbed. I think if dubbing's an option, they just assume when it's in North America that you're too stupid to read subtitles. I guess. Dubbing, I guess, right? That's what they do now. Oh, but yeah. Uh, do you want me to take the next one as well? I mean, I know yeah, we go both ahead. Left. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, the next one, though, this is probably one of uh, one of my surprise favorites of the year. Uh, and this was released on Shutter, and it is the Mortuary Collection. And this is a new 2020 horror anthology that is about this. Uh, mortician that or funeral parlor i don't know what the head head host of those are but uh he's the head of the funeral parlor and he is telling this woman who is trying to get a job there different stories of some of the deaths that have happened in here and each story is i would say good to great like i did not find any of these bad some one of them was pretty funny because uh, it was kind of a come, uh, get your comeuppance type story. Mm-hmm. Um, it has uh, Clancy Clancy Brown is playing the caretaker, and oh my god, if they ever, ever, ever do a Phantasm remake, get fucking Clancy Brown because holy crap, yeah, he man. was playing his best tall man impression in this movie. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. It was so impressive. Like I was so happy. You could tell he was just having a blast with this movie. He was really good. And yeah, I just loved every single one of these stories that was just the wraparound is really good, had a nice twist to it. Every story, like I said, just worked really well with it. That's awesome. Yeah, I really loved it. I I enjoyed it immensely. I thought that it was a great updated anthology. There's one story about a young man that I thought was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I I thought the twist at the end was very good. Uh, the final the final story in the wraparound how they played into each other yeah i didn't see that coming either and i thought that was really clever uh yeah great film great film Uh, and and it's on shutter it's on shutter regular shutter and shutter through amazon if you have the add-on on amazon and it's totally worth the watch if you if you get a chance to check it out yep i've been telling everybody that is like said is this any good i'm going watch it right away this movie is amazing um it's actually in my top 10. It's my number seven. Awesome. I loved awesome. it that much. Awesome. Um, well, and the next one is, uh, I think, one of the only, one of two films on this list that you have not seen. Yeah. 
And this is my theater going experience on Friday. I went to go see The Empty Man. Uh, I, I had a choice between Come Play or The Empty Man or Possessor if I decided to go to a theater that was about 45 minutes away from me, but wanted to stay close to the ones that I usually frequented. And I didn't get out in time to see Come Play, so I decided I'll check out The Empty Man. Um, well, first, I guess I'll talk about the theater experience. Uh, pretty awesome, because uh, I it was definitely social distancing at its finest, because uh, I had the entire theater to myself for this movie. Nice. Which is freaking awesome. So I just like would message you here and there and not have to worry about it. If being you had rude. a date, you could have banged. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um, but... Yep, I, I was so happy because I got my big old bucket of popcorn and got my soda and or pop and uh pop. Pop. but I had them covered <laughs> in their good old movie theater butter and then I was hoping to get their salt shaker or whatever, but because of COVID they don't do the salt shakers right now. So they gave me like a little uh little tiny cup full of like salt packets, which actually I kinda like better. I know because there, you don't have to deal with that cesspool of all that shit all over the place. The shakers. Yeah, like the crap all over the place. Oh, my God. And like when I'm salting my uh, popcorn, I don't have to like dump like 10 gallons of salt on top and then try to mix it in. Yeah. Like I just dump a little bit on, eat it. Yeah. Dump a little bit on, eat it. Yeah. Like it worked out so much better. I like it that way. Um, And yeah, like you get to pick your seats and everything like that, which this theater doesn't normally do. So like they set it up for COVID. Um, But yeah, theater experience was great everybody there was awesome the way everything was taken care of they had people in keeping everything clean so i'm very happy to see that uh the movie this one took me a couple of days to decide how i thought about it <laughs> you know what it looks like from just looking at the synopsis on letterbox it looks like fucking slender man it's very <laughs> uh the story like it kind of reminds me of that in a way wow that's interesting and that, that's kind of why I was kind of sold on this because I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a new urban legend style movie. Sweet. I'm going to check this out. And yeah, it kind of reminded me of like the little bit of a myth of urban of uh, Slender Man. But it was uh, I felt it was very Lovecraftian in a way because there was yeah like cults and other weird shit that was going on in this movie. And it was just like really freaking bizarre with what was going on to like like I said I it took me a couple days to even put it on my letterbox it's a long runtime 137 minutes yeah two hours 17 minutes long that's not counting all the trailers beforehand oh man like that's a that's a really long time for a horror movie yeah and that's like my biggest issue is that uh stayed stayed as welcome for a little too long like I like before it even showed the title card of the empty man i think 20 25 minutes had gone by yeah it's a long time and it was like nothing it like barely tied into the main story so i was just like as cool as that was to watch didn't really need that yeah but yeah all in all the acting was good um the story was very confusing and convoluted so that's it kind of brought it down for me but like I would say it's not worth a theater watch, but I would definitely say if it's streaming somewhere, check it out because it is very interesting. And if you're a Lovecraft fan, you may get more enjoyment out of it than most others because of just kind of how weird and bizarre and out there it is. Cool. Cool. Um, nobody. So are Sorry. So I guess it's just theaters right now. Yep. Uh, theaters. And I believe we'll pro- the way things are going with theaters, I believe they'll like probably release it to VOD shortly after now, too. Okay. So the- 
for the theaters that aren't open in other states. Cool. So Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight is available on Netflix. Yes. Netflix just kind of pumped them out this year. Yeah, Netflix is just putting out this month. Um, It's a good movie. It's a Polish film. It's a slasher. It's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, Definitely took some strong inspirations from Hatchet. Um, couple, there's a couple of strong inspirations that I can talk about. Right. And you know what? That's fine. Like, fuck, like how many times can you do a slasher? Right. Yeah. Uh, the characters in it are quite likable. The story's pretty likable. I honestly enjoyed it. Perfect runtime for a free watch on Netflix and it, and it's dubbed. Um, if you prefer dubbing, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah. I, I found this one just very fun. Uh, easy, easy to digest. Uh, slasher film um and like it literally wears its influences on its sleeves to the point where some of the kills were straight up copied from other movies like uh there's a friday the 13th kill that everyone would recognize um and there is a wrong turn two kill that is like exact same kill like to the camera you're such a fucking nerd um excuse me and wrong turn two there is a kill and I just feel like it was repeated in this film here. My name's Scott Crawford. <laughs> you shush. Well, I'm going to go pro in magic. I got to say, though, it, we're, what, 30-something minutes into the episode, and this is the first you're picking on me. Are you okay? You know what? I'm still suffering from Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. I'm like, wow, she hasn't picked on me till just now. And let me tell you, I have such a crush on these dudes, and so does my friend Anne, that we're going out to another event this week so we can see them. I knew you would be. <laughs> I knew you would be. They're cool dudes. They're cool uh, dudes. Oh, Heather's going to be lit again. Well, I don't know. It's on a Thursday. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Yeah, yeah right. Come be. on now. <laughs> right no one should listen to me i just i have a substance problem right scott <laughs> you deserve it you work your ass off yeah that was a that was a that was a shout out to people <laughs> if you know you know um <laughs> i'll let you take the next one because somebody watched this oh yes because i was spatial because he's a fancy pants uh so yeah last night uh was well, I guess I put the wrong year on this one because it's technically a 2021 show movie. Ooh. Ooh. But uh, yeah, last night, apparently Shudder was doing a whole like whole day event, like doing like interviews and showing movies. And Why was yesterday um, special? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, for us horror nerds, it's like our holiday. It's our holiday. <laughs> <laughs> It's the one time of year, like, we may watch horror movies all year long, but it's the time of year where we just go fucking nuts. You know what? I watched one horror movie yesterday. One. I watched. I, yeah, one. This yeah, one. I, that's all I had time for. Yeah. <laughs> what did you end up watching yesterday? Housebound. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's... it was. It, and I didn't put it on here. We don't need to talk about it. We had enough fucking movies. You added 18 movies onto your older movies that we need to fucking get through. So, <laughs> yeah, just talk um, about Lucky quickly. Yeah, but yeah, this uh, movie was Don't a spoil sh- it. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> you spoil a lot of movies. I know, I know, I know. But uh, this is uh, was Shutter doing a sneak preview of a film they will be releasing to stream next year. Uh, it was only a one-time stream. It was at like 10:30 last night, so anybody that had Shutter could watch it. Um, but yeah, it was called Lucky, and it was about a author who pretty much has to deal with this 
home invasion that happens almost every single night. And it's very bizarre. Uh, hard, kind of hard to follow at first. I was really sounds confused. like after midnight, kind of, <laughs> but not really. Like where after midnight, I loved to death because of the way like it handled everything. This one was just very bizarre and almost. It was kind of confusing at first because I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a horror comedy or what, but I'm kind of laughing at the scenario in the beginning. Um, but then it gets a little more serious and ends up kind of uh, being a metaphor on domestic abuse. And you spoiled the fucking movie for everyone, Scott. Oh, that totally spoils everything. <laughs> so do you recommend watching it in 2021 for all those people that didn't watch it last night? Well, if you have Shudder, why not? It's it's there. It's not bad. It's worth a watch, but I wouldn't say it's like it's going to blow anybody away. Like you blow people away? Yeah, it's because it's smoke show, baby. That's true. Mm-hmm. Ladies be calling. <laughs> Ladies be calling. Um, so that's ends our 2020s because we've been slacking a little bit, but there hasn't been much. And honestly, we're getting more picky. Um, yeah. I'm getting less picky with my drinks because I was willing to drink anything that anyone gave me on fucking Friday night. Hey, Heather, here's some rubbing alcohol. Sounds great. <laughs> but um, I'm getting more picky with my movies. So, you know. Yep, I'll, I'm getting more picky with my 2020 movies. With my older movies, eh, if I, I, I might just sometimes just scroll through and just be like, eh, that cover looks interesting. I'll throw it on. Yeah, you're definitely less selective than I am with movies, yeah. but definitely more selective in life choices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> older movies. I'm going to just clump these three together. Uh, and oh, yeah. the, the Nun 2018, Annabelle Comes Home 2019, and The Curse of La Lorna 2019. So I decided that I was going to finish off The Conjuring Universe because I decided that's what I was going to do. <laughs> um, the Nun, not bad. Um, <laughs> like, I've never seen a group of people that chase after a demon more than the people in this film. Oh my God. They'll have the most fucked up shit happen to them. And then they're like, all right, we might as well just stick around and see what we got to do. Like one dude gets buried alive. He gets dug out by the, by his, his, I guess you could say the sister that is with him. And then he's like, all right, we got to go find that demon. I'd be like, no, we need to get the fuck out of here. I'd be like, I'm I'm out. I'm done. um yeah because out of these three this is the only one i've seen Uh, you've seen this one yeah this is the only one of these three have you ever seen seen people that are like oh my god is that a demon demon where did you go and like chases after the demon like (laughs) and the demon like valak or whatever its name is that thing's freaky looking i wouldn't be chasing after that damn thing you kidding me right and then of course the ending ties into the conjuring yeah um it was fine it was fine anyway annabelle comes home um another movie that was uh interesting um based off the warrens who apparently weren't that nice people that i found out this year oh no yeah right but anyway the movie paints them in a different light this movie was fine basically annabelle gets out of her crate and causes havoc it's a it i would say that this is a good movie to introduce you know maybe older children to like it's scary and there's some scary stuff that happens but the ending is like uplifting and no one actually dies so it's not really that upsetting okay um, yeah that makes sense because i've I've never seen any of the annabelle ones the annabelle ones i preferred the first two 
to this one okay but i think to watch them in the series is interesting like this had a really good like haunting stuff like that. it was a good ghost story but it's definitely and you know I would say this is something that you could introduce kids to depending on their age and depending on your kid, uh, because the ending is not upsetting, you know, that basically the good guys win. So it's, you know, fluffy and fun. The Curse of La Lorna, I've never met a stupider group of people that were in this movie. Um, <laughs> like, one of the things that one of the little girls, like the little girl does halfway through this movie just fucking made my, like, I was like, what the hell is going on? Um there were some definitely creepy parts in it, but just the poor character decision-making of that movie ruined it for me. And the acting was mediocre at best. Um, yeah, like, honestly, I, I enjoy The Conjuring 1 and 2. I enjoyed the first two Annabelle movies. These three, I'm glad I watched them to finish off the series. Nothing to write home about. Well, saying just in time, because they did announce that uh, Conjuring 3 is right around the corner. Yeah, so now I'm all ready. I've yep. seen them all. I'm up to date. I can't wait to do more demon hunting and make more. These are just movies of people making more decisions. Fuck, I could be in one of these movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like to lay my life story. Um, the Slender Man or Slender Man 2018. I watched this movie because I thought it can't be that bad. I want to assure everybody listening to this podcast, it is that bad. Um, do not watch this movie. Do not spend any time on this movie. It doesn't even wow, follow the legend. Bad? Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It doesn't even follow the legend of center. Like, you know, the creepy pasta shit. Yeah. Like it basically takes drawings from creepy pasta and tries to incorporate it in the film. And it tries to do this overly artsy stuff, like props to the young ladies that are in it. Hopefully it starts their career and it gives them uh, something that they can move off of. The one girl was in Ouija and was in this as well. Um, Ouija origins and this as well. Oh, hopefully that allows her to continue to build her acting portfolio, but it was not a good film. It is it is not worth watching. It it doesn't follow the legend barely at all, or it kind of does in picks and pieces, but it's uh yeah, it sounds it's shitty. <laughs> it deserves its 1.2 star rating on Letterboxd. There's Ow. a reason why it has that rating. <laughs> wow. Um next one, the Babadook. Uh, besides wanting to kind of uh, choke out that kid for the first half of the movie. Yep. And I messaged Scott and I said, you know, I've, I've heard about the Babadook. I feel like I need to watch it. It's 2014, well-respected, well-known filmed in, in our, in our community. Um, but this kid, Scott, he's like, I know, I know. I'm like, I don't know if I can get through this. <laughs> he's like, it's worth it. You just got to stick with it. There's a reason. Yep. And um, thank you for Scott for knowing what he's talking about because there is a reason and I'm glad I stuck with it. Um, exceptionally well done movie. One of the best movies of like, if I was to redo my top 100, this movie definitely would have been in my top 20. I, I thought yeah. it was so well done. That is awesome. Cause yeah, I, I found this very well done the way it kind of covers everything. Like it's, it can be a monster movie or, any and the other thing I'm not going to get into it to spoil, but yeah, like it's just I thought everything was really good, and I mean, it was a good jumping off point for the director that did the Nightingale. Absolutely, and you can definitely see the similarities between the two films, um, in terms of just the filming style of it and the storytelling of it. Um, good character development. You really felt for the mother and the son in this. And yeah, it was it was well acted and the kid was very good. Once I understood the purpose of his role, I could appreciate him a lot more. Yeah. 
but I definitely glad I sat through with it and, and went forward with it. And I'm surprised you actually listened to me and sat through it. <laughs> well, I figured this is pretty well liked and it wasn't do not reply, which was a piece of garbage that you suggested before. Um, so, you know, you, when you said to me, just try to get through it, I thought, okay, you know, he must be, he must be talking sense. And if he isn't, then this is just something else you can make fun of him about. Him with. But it's uh, <laughs> so true. It was, it was absolutely a good call. So the next is Don't Look Now, 1973 with Donald Sutherland, who is a smoke show in this fucking movie. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a good looking dude back then. Man. He's like, still good looking for his age. Good looking older gentleman, but holy fuck. Anyway, um, besides that part of the movie, which there's a very graphic sex scene. Like... For the seven, it's basically like a porn. I don't know if I got to that point. Oh, wow. you missed the good stuff. Um, it's very, very slow. So I could see people not enjoying it. I liked the story behind it. I enjoyed the storytelling piece. I feel like the strong acting from Donald Sutherland and his co-work, his co-actress, or co- uh, secondary actress, I guess you could say, or supporting actress. Let's see what her name was. Uh, Donald Sutherland, Julia, Julia Christie, Hillary Mason, Cecilia Mattina, Massimo Serato. Yeah, like a lot of Italian folks were in this movie. Excellent, excellent, excellent film. Um, but you do have to like 70s movies and you do have to like slow burns. It's 110 running time and it feels like 110 minutes. Uh, it is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google, and um, Crave, and Amazon I guess Amazon to rent, Amazon Prime. Oh no, I guess they just list Amazon Video as a separate thing for Canada. Anyway, oh that's weird. So totally worth watching. Uh, I recommend it, but you do have to like seventies films. Yeah, because I got about, I'd say about a quarter of the way through it, and then just did it wasn't feeling it. Like, and this was a while ago, so I'm gonna give it another shot. Because yeah, if you like, I said a lot of the films that you like, I pretty much in like I either like them as much as you or don't feel like I wasted my time with them. Like, unlike yeah. with, unlike uh, some of the things I suggest to you sometimes. <laughs> That's because I have better taste. Um, uh, we shall see. But, you know, I think the more I've been watching more movies this year, there's, there's a theme to the 70s films and a way that they're filmed. Same with the 80s. Same with the 90s, same with the 2000s. Like if you want, and I'm no film, you know, critic or anything like that, but there's a different, there's a way the plot is set up and there's a way the stories are developed that are very similar. Because mm-hmm. Alice, Sweet Alice is actually very slow too. Yeah. Stuff in Alice, Sweet Alice don't, doesn't actually happen until my face it's funny i have this like background that i'm trying to get rid of and my face keeps fading out when i'm talking to scott and scoom zoom and i'm like mm. anyway no one can see it but it looks really really funny so i want you to imagine me looking invisible at times and how funny that looks um but yeah i, I definitely feel like you gotta enjoy 70 movies to enjoy this one yeah but i do enjoy a lot of 70s films so like i think i might just not have been no, the right you mood for because it because you didn't like this i didn't even finish it so i can't even say i didn't like it smart ass he's like shut the fuck up heather we're gonna fight like i'm worried about the election heather you need to be sensitive to me right now <laughs> <laughs> no like I you said, and I'm your worried. maple syrup well, i'll say either way i'm not worried about the election because i mean if things go south like i said i'm just smuggling myself over the border 
I like gonna... to see you do this. I feel like um, that would be a real challenge for you. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shave my beard, put on a top hat, um, bring a jug of maple syrup, walking over to the border, start drinking it, and just be like, "Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's what, all about, about? what about what <laughs> about what's this all about? You know what you'd be like? What about them Leafs? Hope we win a cup this year. You'll be like, son of a bitch, you're Canadian, and you come." <laughs> You must we be are the, the North. Area. Go Raptors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we the North. Oh, sh- okay. See, see, I got to practice this. Right. We the North. We don't say R. <laughs> we the North, we, eh? We don't throw in unnecessary words. <laughs> <laughs> we the North, eh? <laughs> hey, you know what? Our political climate, climate has its issues, too. Oh, it does. It really does. Like, you know, but I just think that in comparison, we don't deny that COVID-19 is still not happening. Like, there's right. certain things that, like... You know, we're a little couple steps ahead of, right? So anyway, you you watch these guys. So I'll let you go through your 18 movies that you felt like you needed to add. <laughs> well, I added the exact same amount older movies you did. Yeah, but I, I'm yeah. cooler. Oh, you shush. <laughs> um, but the one I figured I'd start off with is one that we both had seen. And that is the uh, Blair Witch pseudo sequel remake. Yeah, I don't know. What was, what like, would you consider that? I would call it. I, I think I would. Sequel. Yeah, I, was like, I guess I'd call it a sequel because it's the dude is like looking at for her sister Heather who was in the first movie. And they're not pretending like they're saying the first movie existed. Yeah. Right. So but like it just kind of almost felt like it was repetitive in some ways. Yes. But I I'm gonna go on the uh go out here and say it now. We're probably gonna get or I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this. This movie is better than the original, like the first one. So I for all your hate mail, you can send to Scott Crawford is a smoke show at gmail.com. <laughs> I, I mean, we'll get into it more in our main topic, but I could not stand that first movie. Oh, Heather's really annoying in that movie. I was like, but I was grinding my teeth watching it, just trying to finish it. Going, I like grinding. Yeah, you know oh, you do. Your teeth. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. But I just, uh, I like this one more, mainly because of the way that they built up the myth of the Blair Witch even more with a yes. lot of like it makes it more unrealistic with what happens yes but I yes. I kind of like that because like the way like all of a sudden you are never finding your way out of these woods and it's continuously nighttime and weird shit just continues to happen and like and it's doing this to people that actually were fucking well prepared for going and trying yeah. to find someone in the woods i couldn't agree with you more like and and i just had some really good jump scares um and some really creepy moments i do agree with you though because you had said this to me in the message but the third act kind of was a mess like i feel like in the third act they were like let's just do some shitty candy camera work for the last fucking 20 minutes like oh my god like it was such a promising film yeah and the way I felt was they're probably like, you know, we should do a, an homage to the original and let's just grab a camera and just go. Shik, 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 yeah, I feel like that's totally what they did, to be quite honest with you. Because, <laughs> God, that's what it felt like to me was like the it shaky camera for the first one. It was painful, that part. But you know what? I agree with you. It actually wasn't that bad of a movie. Yeah, like I, it got a lot of hate. And I, yep, I'm going to be in the minority because I freaking love this one way more than the original. And I, also... I wonder what people are going to be mad about. My political rant at the beginning of this episode, are you hating Blair Witch or liking Blair Witch 2016? Uh, probably... Which one's more controversial? Well, here's another controversial take. 
The Blair Witch 2 is better than The Blair Witch. Oh, fuck, you won. No one's going to care about my political rant now. <laughs> Just to be clear, Scott thinks, what is it, Blair Witch Book of Shadows? Yep. I can't agree with you on that one, my friend. I love that movie compared to the mess that is part one. <laughs> wow, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everyone's like, everyone that was mad about my political rant is now pissed with you. They're all like, fuck it, Heather. Right, Scott's the problem on this podcast. <laughs> I will give my. Uh, I'm just I'll, kidding, Scott. I'll, well, I know you are, but I'll, I'll give. I give. I'll give my more positive notes to the original Blair Witch when we get to it in the main topic when we talk about it. But I just to know, I do not like that movie. What? What? One bit. Um. But yeah, the next movie I ended up watching. Uh, I was trying to do all found footage just because there's a lot that I've never seen. And when we go into a theme, Scott fucking goes all in. I do because if I it gives me something to focus on because I don't know what to look for when I'm trying to watch a movie. Like when I have no movie in mind, so like when there is a focus like of a theme, I'm going. I can kind of narrow it down to these and see if I can yeah. find these on our apps. Um, but Chernobyl Chernobyl Diaries, uh, we watched. I watched on a good friend's Plex and. Yeah, it's not found footage, but it was in a found footage category. <laughs> Way to go, C. Luciani. <laughs> <laughs> there was like literally no found footage at all. It was just a regular horror film. Um, but <clears throat> we have to talk to C. Luciani about. <laughs> we that. gotta talk to that skunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie was all right. Uh, it's about this group of uh, Americans that come over to uh i forget like the name of the country but like uh they end up uh meeting up with with the one guy's brother and he's like hey i just found this uh dude that it takes tours to uh chernobyl and uh he said he'd do that for us so you know they all hitch a ride with him they go out there all of course typical horror movie tropes van breaks down and weird scary shit starts happening because you know the wildlife out there is a little bit, little bit radiated, a little bit untamed. A little bit and wild. A little wild. Uh, but it's just them pretty much just like running around uh, the radiated areas of Chernobyl and just like it just gets worse and worse and worse for them. It wasn't too bad. It was entertaining. Um, but I won't talk much on that one. The next one, though, whew, this was a rough watch. The Poughkeepsie tapes of 2000, from 2007. I thought it was Plow Keepsie. Uh, I think it's just poke pokeepsy. I think it's plow keepsy. I mean, I'll plow something, but yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the the pokeepsy tapes is basically this kind of like faux documentary about uh, a serial killer who has left his house after being almost caught, and the investigators find a closet full of these tapes. And they start kind of going through them and putting pieces together. And you're pretty much just watch like you have like the interviews with the investigators and that, and then they'll like cut to a videotape and you'll see like stuff that happened. Like he would record his victims and what he would do to his victims. And this felt real. Like I actually looked up, like, is this a real thing? Like, is this just like a serial killer that this is based off of or anything? And no, like, I guess the uh, filmmakers say it's real, but no one's been able to confirm or deny it. And, uh, but man, this was like, there were some very uncomfortable scenes in this, like, just like, holy shit. Like, I, 
this one got me. This is this is when I was like, okay, I really like found footage when it's done right, and this did it right. This is and really it, good. And you were new then. You were like found footage. We're meant yep. to be. Yes. Now I'm gonna bang it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, but and yeah, give I, your real name and number at the end of the evening. <laughs> and I will call it back. <laughs> you will call it back. <laughs> I don't care if they call me back. Oh, <laughs> I got what I needed. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. See, I got what I needed. I just want more. I'm yeah, greedy. you're you're a relationship material. That's why. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, you you really are. <laughs> I know. If, if there's anyone here that's like not, it's me. <laughs> You, my friend, are, you're for life. I'm for the night. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> oh, that's, that's why we balance each other so well. Yes, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> not, that's right. not anything else. Just, nope. just the, <laughs> Nothing else. This is that area we just connect so well on. <laughs> All right, get uh, to another 18 movies. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, but I highly recommend Poughkeepsie Tapes. Check it out. Um Another found footage I watched was Exists from 2014, which is about a, uh, it's pretty much a found footage film about Bigfoot. And this one is these kids go to uh, their uncle's hunting cabin for a weekend and accidentally at night kind of stumble across a Bigfoot that is pissed off and fucks their world up. Oh dear. And it's pretty good. Uh, Some of the characters are just like, Oh really shit! I've dumb. seen this. Oh, did you? Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, it, this was a good one. Yeah, it's low budget, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. It's not bad. I was saying, freaking Bigfoot's smart as hell in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's like, and... hold up, motherfuckers. <laughs> he's terrifying. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know he's good. I, I, I like this movie. I remember seeing it a long time ago, but I did watch it. I think before I met you. Yeah, because I had, I, I never even heard of this one. The, there was a time pre-Scott. Wow, it doesn't even seem like because it seems no. like I've been friends with you for like ever. I know. I I feel that way too. That's why I started drinking more this year. Um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I what can I say? I do for I do bring people to drink more. You bring out the party. I do. Scott gets yeah. the party started. That's right. Oh, now he's flashing. No, Scott, that's for your only fans. Smoke show, baby. <laughs> what are you doing? You know what? I almost wish we released this video because he was like stripping. I feel like we could get more like, and it looks like you lost weight too. Like, not that that matters, but like, have you been still like working out and losing your weight and shit? A little bit here and there. Um, or he's been I've... banging a lot of chicks and that's why you've yeah, lost so much that's weight. Totally it. <laughs> we know more when you're more like I've been giving my hand exercises. <laughs> <laughs> so your biceps are massive, right? Oh man, and I can I can grip like no fucking other. That's good. Hey, you know what? If you feel good afterwards, that's all that matters. And right? I and like... I become ambidextrous too. <laughs> so you're like, it feels like it's somebody else. <laughs> well, you're like, well, the well, best... threesome. <laughs> well, the best tip is to sit on your hand for about forty five minutes till your hand goes completely numb, and then grab onto it and start jerking because then it yeah it just feels like someone else. But my hand hurts when it falls asleep. Well, you got to get to the point where it gets so numb that you can't even feel anything. You can flick it and you don't even feel it. Uh, that sounds like, <laughs> I'd rather just buy some drinks for a guy at a bar and hope that things happen. Well, I mean, you probably have more luck doing that than I would, but I mean. Uh, hey, you don't know. If you bought some drinks for a guy at a bar, they might be into you. Well, I'll say, like, I'd probably have better luck buying drinks for a guy at a bar. You probably would, actually. 
<laughs> like, I don't think there's anything. Like, you're a good-looking dude. Like, I think women are just so tired of being hit on. I think, uh, personally, if someone buys me a drink at a bar, I'm all like, awesome, let's chat. But I think women get super offended by it, or they get, like, intimidated, or they think it comes with, like, I don't know, attachments. And maybe it does, but, like, I guess it really depends where you're at with your you know, sexuality and what you're interested in doing and stuff too. And no judgment, but man, like you buy me a drink. Sounds like we're going to be chatting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so true. So everyone hear that. Anyone from Hamilton, Ontario that goes to Abstin's nightclub, you see me? (laughs) Buy me a drink. (laughs) (laughs) You'll at least get a conversation out of it. Yep, I was going to say, you'll you'll at least be able to have a good uh, good conversation throughout the night. Yes, and I'm a great conversationalist, so I'm sure we'll have a great time. <laughs> anyway, we, we're never going to get through these movies. It's all my fault. But that's- oh, all right, so I'll just I'll try to go through these next ones. Uh, I think we're talking about the first one tonight on this one. Yeah, but, we uh, are. Grave Encounters 2 from 2012. Um, yeah, this one wasn't too bad. I really love Grave Encounters 1. Like, that was one of oh, my favorite yeah. films favorite found footage films um this one wasn't bad once you could get past the dude bro college mentality of bro. the first act dude oh and it had a uh, bomb and like just yeah it's just like such dude bro bullshit but like the funny thing is the uh because these are both canadian films um part one and two and this one has the canadian actor i don't know his real name but he played one of the hockey bros in uh letter kenny and he was like a main character in that, like they oh, every episode. Nice. Yeah, because I was like, hey, I recognize him. And yep, that is totally his voice. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh yeah, this one was um once I got past that first act, like it was more grave encounters. And I was I was really digging it. I really enjoyed it. There were some things I didn't uh find believable towards the end with someone they found. <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> playing with the screen anyway you didn't believe it was too believable with who they found i thought that was a great tie-in to the first one it was a good tie-in but i just don't believe that that guy would have survived that whole time in there of course not it's a movie guy yeah but i just it, it, it. <laughs> you're like but it doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't it does not <laughs> but uh yeah I, I recommend checking it out as well that was a good one um the last one I will talk about is the last broadcast from 1998, which I believe was, I guess, what inspired the Blair Witch Project. Um, I could be wrong on that, but it's very similar in so many ways. Uh, it's about this uh, TV show host that's not doing so well, and he's trying to like become popular, so he's kind of doing like a reality TV type thing, and he gets his buddies together and finds... Uh, I think it was like a psychic to come out to the woods with them because they're trying to hunt down a legendary. I think it was the the new uh, the Jersey Devil is what they were trying to hunt down, and uh, they go to the woods. They get lost in the woods, and a lot of similar shit happens that happens in Blair Witch. Um, but this one, I know people love it. This is one of those I just couldn't stand the characters again. I the acting was pretty bad um mm. and i just felt it boring you just didn't dig it yeah it just wasn't my jam like not something i could get into but that's pretty much all i have to say about that it's not something i would recommend 
No, so it's probably a good movie, guys, because Scott's <laughs> just mad that his drama club didn't do it. I mean, they, it looks like they did. <laughs> like, you don't think it was them? <laughs> no, I think it was the imitators. Man, how dare they intimidate your drama club? What the fuck, huh? No, right? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Scott's drama club. Well, that was our long list of what we've been watching. I hope you enjoyed us drowning on about the fucking Conjuring universe and Slender Man and <laughs> Empty Man. That sounds just like Slender Man. <laughs> right. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> our political rant too that i had and scott saying he likes blair witch 2016 and book of shadows more fuck blair other. witch blair witch you know scott's just bringing guns a blazing tonight <laughs> like here i was thought i was being controversial because i'm all like blah 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 the election's done by this point but i hope things are better blah 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 and scott thought like fuck you blair witch project <laughs> hate that movie stupid stupid movie stupid. <laughs> All right, so we'll break into what we've been listening to. So I I found this podcast because, as I talked about before, I went on a ghost tour back in um, October, beginning of October, and it they had a podcast, and I thought to myself, you know, self, <laughs> self, I, I should listen to this. I talk to myself, you know, self. I thought, <laughs> you know, I should listen to this podcast um, and support them. And I like ghost stories. So it's called Haunted Talks, the official podcast of the Haunted Walk, Walks Incorporated. It's a Toronto-based podcast, and it talks about um, haunted stories of, you know, various ghost stories from the United States and Canada. It's a really fun podcast, actually. There was one where they had the tour guides on, and the tour guides talked about fucked up shit that's happened to them on their tours. Oh, really? And it was, it's about an hour long, and it's really fucking good. So... It's, it's, you can find it on Podcast Attic and it's simply Haunted Talks. And of course they like promo their haunted walks and shit like that. So you have to put up a little bit of promo, but it's a fun little podcast. The, the episodes range from about 30 minutes to an hour in length. So they're not three hours like Scott and I. Um, so you can actually listen to it in a reasonable period of time. And I recommend checking it out. That's nice. That, that sounds actually pretty cool. I yeah, it's fun. You would probably really like the one about the ghost tour people. Uh, yeah, that uh, sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's cool some of the shit that happens to them. Like, And it just doesn't happen to him. It happens to people on the walk with them. Oh, nice. Yeah, so like it's real fucked up shit. That's cool. Well, maybe not cool, but that's It is cool, though. It is cool. Um, yeah, and I'm going to talk about one that is uh, pretty new. It's only been out just a little over a month now. And that is the Horror Frequency, which is a pop horror podcast. So I got, I had to kind of give some shout out to my and love to my uh, the website that brought me on to be a writer, and that you're also editor of uh, Pop Gaming, mm-hmm. which hopefully we'll be doing more of that soon because we've kind of just been busy. Oh, we don't have many writers, so we've been really busy like trying to run our lives as well. well so when you're a smoke show. It just kind of happens. You know, you're just this hot. Yeah. So, Which you so did look hot. really hot in your Halloween costume. Oh, well, thank you. You know, the selfies you took were fire. Thank I've learned from the best. I wouldn't kick you out of bed for eating crackers. Wait, you wouldn't kick you out of bed for what? Eating crackers. Oh, sweet. I'm gonna Unless so... they were regular crackers, because I can't eat them. Like if you had Well, they'd be gluten-free, of course. Well, then you'll stay. I'll say, you know, I got to be respectful. I'll to even you. remember your name. <gasps> wow, you don't even remember it right now. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, sorry. my gosh. You are good at just 
taking me completely side railing me tonight. Oh, I'm good at side railing you. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> such a like sex sound. Anyway, you are such a horn dog. I love. I it. am. It's true. <laughs> Very true. Oh, so what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the horror frequency. Yeah, some podcast. Uh, so yeah, this is the uh, official pop horror podcast. Uh, just called the horror frequency. It is available on like podcast addict, pretty much any podcast catcher out there now. But it's a solo podcast with ghost host Anthony. Uh, each episode is pretty short, actually. It's uh, anywhere between 15 to 25 minutes long. I think his longest episode was 37 minutes. Um, but he usually has like uh, guest hosts on. Like I think his first episode was by himself, just kind of laying the groundwork of what was to come of the show. Um, then he's had uh, fellow writers on there, like so we've had uh, Tracy, Tracy Allen, and uh, Tori Danielle, uh, Tori Danielle Romero on there. Uh, so Ooh, we've got some pretty famous people. Yeah, so we got two of the uh, two of the heads of pop horror on there uh, doing interviews with them, and then they he's interviewed some uh, indie actresses and actors and. Uh, been doing talking to some directors and yeah he's already up to eight episodes with the show and yeah he's doing a really good job like uh i recommend giving this a check it uh giving this a watch or listen i think it is on youtube as well so i guess you could watch it. i don't know if there's video or not but definitely give it a check out it's totally worth it and it's uh unique in the way that he covers things awesome 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 I'm glad that we've been sharing all these different podcasts. I feel like we're really like broadening everybody's horizons. I, I hope so. Like I, I, I'm glad like, cause you know, we, we dig into a lot of podcasts and I'm glad to just kind of like, just talk about these like other ones that no one else really does. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to take a brief break and hear from one of our other podcasting I guess, friends or however you want to phrase it. And after these messages, we'll be right back. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Welcome back to the history of found footage. Now, the most interesting thing about this topic 
is that this was both something that Scotty and I didn't necessarily care for. Yeah. Um, I have never really been that big of a fan. Um, like everything I had watched was kind of the mainstream, like theater style ones, like the gallows and like Blair Witch, stuff like that. And yeah, I couldn't stand any of those and yeah. never really seen any of the good ones. And or ones that you connected with, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with you, but because of our good friends flex i was able to dive into some more found footage and also i listened to exploding heads and they covered a couple of found footage films this year the den um yep. as well as the bay and just to name a few and it made me go you know what maybe i need to look more into this and i i ended up really liking ones and there was a couple that both scott and i agreed on that were quite well done and we decided that we would talk about them during this episode and just why we thought they were well done but it's definitely a phenomenon that has happened with with uh found footage it's definitely been something in the horror genre that has been pushed and has really come to light and it's quite profitable yeah very profitable um so it you know we're gonna we're gonna dive into one article not super long but it just talks about the visual trends a a history of found footage genre by roy walsh you can follow find it at videomaker.com we'll of course be including the links to the to this article so he starts off by talking about that one of the most popular film genres among indie filmmakers for the last three years. So I couldn't find the exact year that this was done. So I'm assuming this was done a couple of years ago when he said three years, because we've seen a surge of found footage it's filmed since. Um, yeah. It's found footage. The term found footage has grown to be a diverse topic among old school film purists and new and young talent looking to flood the industry regarding the legitimacy of a film that challenges the traditional hierarchy of established film crews in favor of cutting production costs to historically low funding thresholds. So, you know, found footage has a dark history. There was another found footage that was more of a drama that was about a musician from the 1960s. I didn't choose to go in to talk about that. Instead, of course, we're going to talk about Cannibal Holocaust. Um, is a widely regarded as the first genuine found footage film, horror-wise, and is notorious for its scenes for graphic violence, sexual brutality, and including the actual footage of rainforest animals slaughtered on camera, which is quite uncomfortable. Yeah. That's uh, the scene like where the they kill the turtle is pretty fucking disgusting. Yeah, th- that's the only part I have a hard time watching, and thank God for the Blu-ray that Grindhouse releasing released, because you can watch it without the animal footage. Yeah, good for them for for moving that forward and and acknowledging that some people may not want to see that. And they actually made it so it's an option, not that it's like completely cut out because, you know, you got to have like the footage left intact as well. So they give you the option, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. This film was banned in a number of countries and obscenity charges were brought on the film directors. The very disturbing and realistic capture of scenes of murder and sexual assault led to many believe that Cannibal Holocaust was an actual snuff film. Um, distancing the film from a large margin of the popular movie going public and forever establishing the film's legacy as one of the most disturbing films ever. The stigma associated with found footage films left in Cannibal Holocaust wake stifled indie filmmakers' motivations to return to the genre for a number of years. But a few brave filmmakers' motivation to return to the genre for so sorry, few brave new filmmakers took the footage to fresh creative levels um, with such as the Vietnam mockumentary 84C Mopai, sorry, Mopic, 
um, the mockumentary Man Bites Dog. Have you seen that one? Nope, that one is uh, one I'm actually going to try to check out soon because I've okay. heard I've heard good things. Alien abduction incident in Lake County and the last broadcast, which you actually brought up from yep. 1998. So I can see why Cannibal Holocaust shook people's minds. I feel like now Cannibal Holocaust is not that shocking. No, like it's not shocking to, I would say, the horror nerds like us. Yes. Uh, if someone that's not used to watching horror films that much stumbles across it and watches it with a friend or something, they would probably be mortified. Because, but don't you think there's worse things we can see on the news? There is, but I think uh, the fact that this is in a different country in a rainforest and the tr- being the tribes that no one really knows too much about unless they actually did research, I think just kind of it's that weird, unfortunate myth that these tribes out in these rainforests get and i think it just kind of builds on that i'll take that um definitely as a as a valid valid opinion probably a very strong valid point i feel like every year we become more desensitized and i think also because this movie's been talked about so much um yes definitely in the horror community but i think even fringe people start to may may know about it as well too um it may bring down the shock value of it but i still think you make some really valid points that because it's foreign um there's a lot of assumptions that can be made and i think it's also part of it it's a, it does like you know we watched and we know it's not real but it does like feel real like because this is one of those where found footage actually makes it feel like reality and this is kind of like something that could happen absolutely you know what you make a valid point um so the modern resurgence came in 1999 on the shoulders of the Bear Witch Project. Uh, The arts and entertainment marketing department went to great lengths to convince viewers that the project was indeed an authentic documentary, successfully piggybacking off the gimmick of Cannibal Holocaust invented, but um, they actually had greater box office success. To this day, the Blair Witch Project retains one of the all highest returns on investment ratios of any film, regardless of the budget or studio affiliation. Probably because the film was dirt cheap to make. Yeah, I think it. I, I, I'm just spitballing here, but I think I remember hearing it was made for five thousand dollars and like broke over like fifty, sixty million or something crazy. Right, like at that point, you know, how do you ever compare to that? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if Host, the one that was originally raised, released this year on um, Shutter. If that had had a theatrical release, could it have competed with that, the one that was done over Zoom? Um, but I think now if you look at I, – I just think Blair Witch hit um, a genre at a time where people wanted to see this. And I think that it was it was marketed so well. Yeah. that like, like- This could be studied by marketing students on how to do a marketing ploy. Yeah, because this is the that is one thing like I gotta give huge props to is the Blair Witch Project. Their marketing team did such a phenomenal job. They created missing posters for each of the actors and posted them everywhere. There was even on like websites that were like talking about how these people were still missing. And then there was that fake documentary made about the Blair Witch that was aired on like MTV and like uh, I think it was like the discovery channel and something like that so everyone was thinking it was real then before the movie even came out so it was like all this hype was building up to this movie and like brought people into like got their asses in the seats 
Absolutely. Incredibly done. Um, nothing but respect for the, the marketing that became behind, that was behind that. So what's the appeal? The cornerstone of found footage genre can be attributed to one fundamental factor, which is cost. Found footage projects are categorically more affordable to produce in traditional shot narratives, especially on the talent front, since the principal actors are almost always unknown. Um, they're not looking for big paychecks, they're just looking to get a start. The films are typically shot in first-person POV style in order to cut down on the need for qualified camera assistance and often use lighting sources to cut down on costly grips and use electrical personal equipment. So basically, they're using whatever lighting source is available and whatever equipment's available. Yep. Um, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to ask something? Oh, no, I, just, I was just agreeing. Um, other methods of creating creative storytelling include the use of security cameras like Paranormal Activity 2 or the expanded definition of everyday objects when within the narrative, such as how troll hunters Hans explains the power line towers dotting opening the Norwegian Norwegian landscapes are actually part of a complicated troll electrical enclosure in troll hunter. That movie is awesome. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, very good. Um, in addition to the legitimate cost-cutting efforts by indie producers found on footage projects, distribution companies initially skewed budget numbers to make us believe that the found footage films that are released in theaters cost significantly less than what the film actually costs. Um, so I guess there was also just that marketing that it was cheaper, so many people go wanting to see it to see what it actually would look like. Thus, the found footage genre presents great opportunities for independent filmmakers to create research released worthy films on a shoestring budget, but such opportunities are fleeting and ex extremely difficult to get right. This is why Scott and I didn't like found footage. Mm -hmm. Regardless of your opinion of whether a micro-budget found footage films serves the same audience recognition as films produced with the big budgets, the genre will be around for some time. As long as studios can make money off a cheap production cost of found footage by bringing an audience time and time again, They'll suck the genre for everything it's got, and hopefully we'll have some good films to look forward to in the future before the creativity well runs dry. And you can see found footage. VHS has a lot of, has found footage in it. Um, and the, all those found footages are done a little bit differently. Same with VHS too. So yeah, it's definitely a, a genre that's not going anywhere. I, I think we're going to be looking at this for a very, very long time. And there's even different types of found footage so when yeah. scott and i were coming up with this show we realized that this is not just one genre it is a it is a split genre um and we may continue with the trend and finish that off um talking about social media mockumentaries there's so many different ways that you can go down but for now we've chosen a couple that we feel really captures the camcorder version of found footage yep, and like the literal like Hey, we just found this footage. Let's watch it and see what's yes. on the tape. Yes. And we're going to let Mr. Crawford lead us off. <laughs> All right. So, of course, you're going to have Smoke Show lead in with the movie that he was trashing earlier. So let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, so the first movie we are going to talk about is what I would probably call the godfather of the uh, found footage genre. Yes, like we were saying, there is Cannibal Holocaust that it was well known before this, but this is the one that brought it, it brought the genre into the limelight. And it's a 1999 American supernatural horror film written, directed, and edited by Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez. 
It is based on the purportedly true story of three student filmmakers, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard, who hike in the Black Hills near Burkittsville, Maryland in 1994 to film a documentary about a local legend known as the Blair Witch. The three disappear, but their equipment and footage is discovered a year later. The purportedly recovered footage is the film that the viewer sees. So, yeah, like uh, everyone probably knows from listening to this, I hated this movie. Like, but why did you hate this movie, Scott? It is the dumbass characters. Like, this, it's just grating because, like, it's very realistic. That is one thing I got to give this film. It's, I would say the actors were pretty fucking good. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, the actors and everything were very realistic, but I hated them. Mm. I could not sympathize with them. I just was frustrated with everything they were doing, like, the bickering back and forth. Like like I said, it feels real, but yeah. at the same time, it drove me nuts. Um, And I just felt this movie did not go anywhere. It was just lots of screaming and wandering helplessly <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> a lot of screaming, you're right. Screaming, wandering, <laughs> and then you get to a house at the end and you get to see a dude staying in the corner. The end. Fuck off. <laughs> that just like, yeah. Oh, oh, it's so, it frustrates me beyond belief. Like, I, and this is the thing, I love the idea of this movie the Blair Witch the myth of this witch that lives in this woods that has haunted these woods for years and the buildup of the legend that they've created and how they've made it seem like a true urban legend um but yeah this was just one of those films that I just hated when I watched it when I was younger and I was hoping I would have more appreciation for it now I have more appreciation for what it was trying to do but I still hate it. Scott's like, I still fucking hate you, movie. Um, I honestly am the opposite. The first time I saw this, I was 17. It was around Halloween. And I rented it and had some friends over. And I remember like the big debate, whether it was real or not. People were like, it's not real. It is real. You're <laughs> stupid if you think it's real. Oh my God, it's so not real. And I'm like, I think it's real. i was definitely one of those gullible people that like fucking bought into it obviously i don't know um but at the time i was just a simple heather i mean my simple world and uh i found it boring we shut it off (laughs) i remember that we were like this fucking sucks and we we turned it off we thought it was a big piece of shit um i've rewatched it twice now in the past month and i can say the second watch Though I agree with you that these characters are not necessarily likable, I definitely had more empathy for them the second time around. I feel like um, the two guys particularly were doing this project with Heather to help her, but also to gain some experience themselves. And they both got fucked because of her poor decision making. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that. Right. I, I do like the interviews they do with the locals. I think that that's a really, really good touch. Um, 
I think the going through the woods and the conversations they have outside the tent and in the tent and they even talk about how they would eat a cheeseburger if they had a chance and you can kind of see the karamic like they kind of get along at first and then you see the fights they have and the emotions that they show in the fights are really fucking real. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is real from what I've heard because uh, apparently they were pretty much living in the woods while they were filming this movie, like they, to make it as authentic as they were possibly making it. And like the stress of working with them, all three of them working together for so long, I think they just kind of let it out during those fights. Because there's one scene where it comes out that the one character, I can't remember all their names. So there's Heather and who are the other two gentlemen? I think there was Matt and Jacob, I want to say. I was could it Jay? Be wrong. Let me look real quick. There's a part where she's yelling at, I think it's Matt, because Matt threw the map into the woods. And yeah. she just goes off. Yeah. Um, it's Michael and Joshua. Michael and Joshua and she goes off and how she goes off was so real. Her yeah. screams were ear shattering. Yes. And I think to me, when I look back on this film of why this film is given the respect that it's given, it's because of the ability of these three individuals to whether you like them or not, you believe them in the situation they're in. Yes, I uh, I will completely agree because like everything, like I say about this movie, it feels real. It like, feels very real, and I think I have nothing but I, I honestly have gone up on it, which I never thought I would. I went from shutting off this movie to sitting it through and wanting to punch Heather in the face to watching it a third time. Well, full, I should say a second time. The first time I didn't really fully watch it and growing my appreciation for it. I'm definitely higher on it than you are. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. No. Um, I just think for me, like even when they go to the hotel room at the beginning and when they're, and even back to when she picks up that guy and he's like, oh, thanks so much for the opportunity. I'm really exciting to do this. And they're having that conversation in the car and they get to the hotel room and they're joking about smoking up and the one guy gets really trashed and they sleep in the hotel room. Though I'm a little concerned of how long this weekend is. They seem to be gone for like eight nights. <laughs> right. Um, I'm wondering why people haven't looked for them yet. Like that's Well, I think that's me. part of the whole being lost in these mystical woods. Like they just don't exist in their in the regular woods anymore that must be it um because yeah i i didn't quite get that part Yeah, because they even brought up like you know well we got to return this equipment soon it's gonna be late and uh, well now it's like a couple days later and they're like we we didn't return this equipment someone's gonna be coming out looking for us trying to figure out where we are where this equipment is i got a job that i was supposed to be at today and no one's shown uh and i haven't shown up so so it's they even bring it up which is good but like yeah i think it's that mythology that 2016 builds up more where it's like the house doesn't actually exist in those woods. Like it's almost like you walk in and it takes you to another dimension. Yeah. And, and you can't get out and, but they do see those people fishing at the river that they have the conversation with. Oh um, yeah. 
which I do like. I, I like all the town people in this. Honestly, I think that's the best setup that they could have done. And the part where she turns and faces the camera and she has the monologue about, I'm so sorry, this is all my fault. I'm sorry to my mom. I'm sorry to Matt's mom. Like she kind of goes through this rant and I don't know if that was improv or if that was supposed to happen, but it was really powerful. Yeah, I uh, I remember like hating that before mm-hmm. when I first. I, I did too. I did too. And I think it was because it had been spoofed so much that it just died. Yes. Um, but rewatching it now and focusing on that and like you know seeing the terror and how frightened she was and how like apologetic she was for what she got them into, like it really had like it really hits home a lot more. I think also when they're going through the forest, you can feel the cold. You can feel the dampness. Yeah. You can feel that in your bones. And for anyone that's ever been in the woods and been out and been really cold, and I feel like in the north we appreciate this a little bit more um, because we've been out in the cold. And that I felt like was communicated through this movie. Now I sound like I'm praising the shit out of this movie. And that I love it. And I and I don't necessarily love it, but I will I respect this movie a lot. And I think it deserves its place in film history. I think that it opened up an avenue for, for found footage to be done classy, for it to be done in a way that doesn't harm animals, um, and for it to be done to connect with this generation. Yep, I completely agree with you on every bit of that because I hate this movie, but I cannot deny like the power that it had to bring a whole like pretty much bring this genre up and put it to where it is and the effect that it has had throughout history since it has been released because it's 21 years old now. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for this film for that. Just because I hate it personally does not mean it's bad in any way, obviously, because I mean, I am in the minority here for sure. It's just yeah. this is just something that this is one of those movies that just graded on me. Absolutely. Like, I have a lot of respect for it. And um, my first experience with it, like I seen all the website stuff that they created with the marketing. I seen the fake documentary before the movie came to theaters. So I had this in my head, like, oh, this is real. This is going to be freaking crazy. And then few friends went to see it in theaters and they're like oh this sucked i'm like yeah but it's real and they're going no it's not and they showed me the website that proved it wasn't real completely destroyed it for me before i could even see the movie like if i had a feeling if i believed it was real it may have had a different effect on me well but you're feeling that way still now and that's okay you you didn't connect with the characters and that's okay yeah i think for me i like this movie And that's somewhere that's a far distance I've come from shutting her off halfway through to liking it. I do find Heather's character quite obnoxious. And I began to find that endearing the second time I watched it because I feel like she's supposed to be. And she's supposed to be fucking annoying. You're supposed to be pissed at her because she really did put these guys in a really fucking stupid spot. Oh, for sure. Where I find the movie loses it and I feel the same way about 2016. It's when they get to the house. And I feel like the shaky camera work was tolerable in this one, 
It was unexcusable in the 2016. It was horrible in the 2016 movie in that house. Um, but yeah, um, I think bottom line is, I think this, you and I, di- I disagree and that's 100% okay. I think this is an exceptional example of found footage and how to make oh, a movie on a budget and, and be successful. And I have nothing but respect for it. Do I, you know, what I put it in my top, you know, movies of all time. Um, I don't think so. But if I look at the impact, the impact is you can't deny. Yeah, exactly. You can't deny anything. Like, like I agree with everything you say, except for I just don't find it entertaining myself. Fair enough. That's, that's the only part I just like. I don't agree with for me. Fair enough. And um, yeah, and and you know, the guy staring in like they find their friend in the house and. You know, in the 2016 one, I think we should just throw it in quickly to just kind of wrap it up onto here. That one had such potential, as you said earlier. It was great. They brought in the GPS. They they brought in the drone. They had cell phones. They had walkie-talkies. Like, they had like more prepared. Yeah, and they had water and food and like everything like they needed, and it still didn't help them because of the way the witch kind of changes the geography around them absolutely and that movie was awesome the girl hurting her ankle the build-up on that shit the craziness the everything what ruined that fucking movie was the last 20 minutes and i'm so fucking mad at that movie because those last 20 minutes in that fucking house were unexcusable and see for me like the last 20 minutes in that while yeah it was the part that brought that movie down for me I still liked it way better than the originals final act. There was stuff that happened. I strongly disagree um, because in the ending of that 2016, they could have pulled in Heather. Heather could have fucking showed up and been super creepy. I don't know. They could have had this camera working that focused enough on shit that I could see what was going on. Not just looking like I put a handy cam on my fucking dog's head and sent him running through the fucking goddamn park. And it was flowing around all over the place. And yeah, we don't need to to agree. Like we can disagree. That's fine. Um, I just feel like that last 20 minutes, I was so mad because I'm like, fuck, I was really digging this movie. Fuck you movie. Fuck this ending. Like you could have done so much more here than do whatever homage you thought you were doing that ended up making this look like shit. It's 2016. Stop going back to 1999 filming. Like film yeah, like it's 2016. Yeah. Cause the camera work is like the most inexcusable part for me on that. Yeah. Like I get that it's found footage, but it didn't need to be that like it was basically fucking walls and it like shaking up and down like you can't see me because we're on video but it was fucking ridiculous and it made me mad you know what it made me mad because the beginning of that Blair Witch and the brother wanting to go and look for his sister like it I really bought into it I liked the characters they were definitely way more likable you're 100% right than the other three yep, and even then they the, uh... shit the bed like they just and, shit the fucking bed and they even did another thing in which was brought in a local Mm, mm, yeah that's right they did the two locals yep and like this is where i like because like i said i love the blair witch mythology and in the 2016 they just built on it more which i really loved like the whole stick figure thing what happens when you break one of those yeah that was pretty messed up (laughs) absolutely Uh, right so like yeah there's like i there is just more that i liked about that absolutely i I think it's maybe because it made it felt more 
more movie-like and less realistic, maybe. And that's fair. And and we just have two polar opinions on this. Right. Um, if given and I know choice, I'm in the minority on this too. So. Well, and that's okay to be in the minority. It doesn't mean you're wrong, right? It just means that that's your view that you took on it. For me, if I had just seen um, more clear footage, I would have liked it so much more. Yeah. And where like that, and that's kind of like if there was more that happened in the original, I would have liked that more. Absolutely. Right. So worth a watch. Why is it so popular? Marketed well, promoted well within the community. But I feel like it paved the way for our next film. Um, personally, I, I don't think that, you know, obviously this is a Spanish film, but I think that, you know, Blair Witch opened the door for a lot of these films. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the next film we're going to be talking about is another one that is very well known for good reason. Uh, and it is Wreck which is a 2007 Spanish found footage horror film co-written and directed by uh, Jaume Belaguera and Paco Plaza. The film centers on a news reporter and her cameraman covering a firefighter intervention at an apartment building in Barcelona. As the situa situation escalates and after some of the building's occupants are infected by an evil virus and begin to show animalistic and murderous behavior, the reporter and cameraman find themselves confined in the perilous building. Uh, so this was a first time watch for me. Like I had seen uh, Quarantine before this, like the remake, which I enjoyed. I had no issues with it, but I, I've always wanted to watch Wreck and just really just never for one thought about it when I was actually just kind of scrolling through movies. Uh, this year is definitely the year for me just kind of finding these things that I've missed. Mm -hmm. Wow. This was intense. This was really, really good. Um, I like this one because, yeah, it is a uh, it's found footage, but it's it's different because it's more of like a professional style found footage. Yes, it is. You got your professional it's cameraman. Cleaner. Yes. And you got your professional cameraman. You got mm -hmm. your professional news anchor that's in front mm -hmm. talking about it. So it just kind of has that like cleaner, smoother motion to everything. And uh, like you got your reporter that's kind of digging for information as they get to this hotel to kind of like, you know, doing what a reporter does. And it's a way to kind of get more information when they're not supposed to be, when they're told to like turn off the camera, they just slightly drop the camera down and pretend mm -hmm. it's off and mm -hmm. it's still recording and everything. Um, but yeah, I really dug this. Um, it's very intense uh, demon possession horror film because uh, this, this reminds me of uh, demons from the 80s where it's like you get a scratch from a demon, you turn into a demon. It's not like your possession typical style demons. It's an interesting comparison that you gave. It's interesting. Yeah, because like, it's, you know, those demons act, act like zombies. And that's pretty much what these people act like as zombies, but they're considered, but they're, de but they're demons. Yeah, I think this movie I agree with everything that you're saying what really because so Scott and I will do questions because I can talk off the seat of my pants Scott is much more thoughtful and with his words so he likes to actually think about what he's going to say before we record where I just talk and hope for the best um and one of the questions I gave is why is this film awesome <laughs> <laughs> and I I think why this film is awesome is for all the reasons that Scott stated but also the way they set up the character development 
within the first 15 minutes, you get a good idea who the camera woman is. You see her trying to like do her hair and look professional. You see her talking to the firefighters. You see a little bit of flirtation between her and some of the firefighters. Um, you see the guys hanging out, having dinner together. You see them playing basketball. You see them kind of just like totally living their best life and doing what firefighters would do as they're getting ready to go out into like the normal, I guess you could say their normal day. And then they get to this building and I was like, holy fuck, this reminds me of like, we think our quarantine was bad. We don't know what fucking quarantine is. <laughs> right. Um, they get into this apartment building, they go upstairs. This old woman is just like fucked up and you see how fucked up she is. And she bites or I think she bites or stabs or something. Yeah. One of the characters, she bites, one of the I police, think. police officers and shit just goes downhill from there and you and you're introduced to a couple characters a mother and her daughter who she keeps saying has strep throat uh older man who seems like a middle-aged man who seems to have money and is very dressed classily um a asian family um and you see a lot of racial tensions going on there purposely that was put in there yep um and it's and the and the cops and the camera crew and all of the acting is raw. Like you believe that these people are in this fucking situation. And I think that's the power of found footage is that you can actually believe that these people are in this situation and they are stuck there. Yeah. And you don't know if they're going to make it out. Right. Cause that is the thing about found footage in general is uh, we're seeing like in regular movies, we're seeing everything. Like, because mm-hmm. they what the filmmakers make you see, and this we're only seeing what we're uh, what everyone else is seeing. We're seeing we're, what the actors are seeing. Yeah, we're put into right. the movie. We're put into the movie. It's like we're a star in the movie, and we're going on an interactive ride. Yeah, and it is just you know when we talked about Cadaver earlier, and you follow the actors around and you see everything from their viewpoint. Yes, it's like that. Very um, true. Yes. Right, and it's it's such a good fucking movie and like there's some jump scares in there that fucking got me like and there's one point where they send in a medical professional that was wearing gowns and shit which is a little too close to home right now um and eventually he gets infected and he's like guys we're not going anywhere they're not going to let us leave here because this whole building is seen as this infection and you're not quite sure what it is you're expecting for it to be zombies like you said um and then when the little girl turns and the mother's been this fucking like bitch the entire time and her daughter turns and you see that filming of it like the filming is just you're right it, it has that professional angle they were able to get away with that vision because it was a professional cameraman quote unquote yep and then um when they go upstairs to that top loft and they find the demon stuff. Yeah. All the history and the recordings and all that. And the camera work is shaky, but it doesn't get so shaky that you don't see what's going on. And that is my beef with the Blair Witch Project 2016. This camera work, you see what's happening. You see the demon coming towards them. You see the cameraman drop the camera or you know that's what happened. And then you see the girl dragged away. Yeah. Right. And it is it is exceptionally well done. Exactly how you would picture a quarantine going down. People act 
I can't like this movie. If I were to redo, uh, if I was to do a, you know, top two thousand to two thousand and ten, this movie would be in my top ten. That's how yep. much. And this one makes me want to see part two because I've heard part two is Absolutely. just as good. And um, but yeah, I like this one because, like you said, this is like, yeah, this is quarantine where you're forced to be quarantined with people that you are neighbors with but you are forced to get along because you're actually now in this situation together and the tensions between everybody just keeps building and building and building. And then, yep. then you even got your uh, tensions between the different emergency personnel. So you got your firefighters that are not mm -hmm. privy to what is going on while you have your police officers that are knowing what's going on and they're having to bump heads and dealing with everything. Then you have the government official coming in that's taking over the situation. So you have your, like emergency yeah, power for whoever the DCs for central control would be in um in Spain. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah, because I think they even said it was the World Health I think it was the who World Health who? Organization. And yeah, like you had all these higher government powers like fighting amongst them all. And which also just like showed like the dire situation because it's like not even the ones that have the power can really help in the situation itself. Um and also you know, you have the people that you would call on for help fighting. Yeah. You know, like as a civilian, um, as you said, very, very perfectly well. Um, yeah, this movie's awesome. And you know, yet again, another fucking Spanish movie. Right. Like, fuck, man. Like, I don't know. Between Spain and France, I really, I don't know. Like, with the few misses that they have, they have a way more hits. Um, I completely agree. Because, yeah. Right? Because I was just about to say, Spanish and French films just seem to hit some really good notes. And, you know, as I said, with the exception of a handful that are, like, I have seen one that I don't like. Like, right. everything else is solid, you know? Yep. So, like, you know, when you're, when you're bad in that high, that's pretty impressive. But let's pull it back to America. America. With this next bad boy. All right. So, I, I'm wondering if people know what this movie is. <laughs> uh, this is Cloverfield from 2008, an American monster slash kaiju film directed by Matt Reeves, produced by J.J. Abrams, and written by Drew Goddard. The film stars Michael Stahl David, Odette Yustman, T.J. Miller, Jessica Lucas, Lizzie Kaplan, and Michael Vogel. The film uses a found footage motif to follow five young New York residents fleeing from a massive monster and various other small creatures that attack the city while they are having a farewell party. Um, right off the bat, the first thing I got to say about this is, yep, this is what found footage is. You bring in all these people that no one knows who they are, and then bam, now I recognized, I recognized over half this cast yeah. going back and seeing it. I'm like, holy crap, yeah. I did not realize this is their first movie. Yeah, you get like, people for super cheap. Yeah, like, and yep, and sometimes they get so successful from it, they become stars themselves. I mean, TJ Miller, Miller was fucking awesome in this yes. movie. Oh, he was. He was like, he was the comic relief, but at the same time, like, you sympathize for him because you could tell he was the shit he was going through. And well, the shit they were all going through. And I think what this movie, yet again, does a really good job of is character development at the beginning. You have to care about your characters. You, If yes. you're, you're going to do this found footage, you know, viewpoint you have to have some investment now i know in vh2 vhs2 they they don't necessarily do that as much especially with the one where the guy's like biking through the 
Um, oh, yeah, the bicycle the zombie, zombie death, one. Right? But it's a short film, and I can forgive that. And you care enough. The, the scenario is familiar enough to you that you can connect with it. Right. Um, where I really found um, this film did a good job is at the beginning, you know, it shows the guy waking up his girlfriend. They're spending the day planning this party. He's recording everything. The party is set up so well. Like, it seemed to me like a very realistic party. You got food. You got drinks. You're you're getting people to say these farewell messages. You get this awkward tension between this girl and this other guy. Like, it's just really, really well done. Yeah, like, every, once again, everyone felt real in this. Like, not like an actor. It just felt like real-life humans interacting. Um, especially with T.J. Miller's character, like, awkwardly hitting on i think it was odette yesman or yes. no it was jessica jessica or no, lizzie kaplan that's what it was lizzie kaplan yeah and awkwardly hitting on her and just like her just trying to who be was nice. also great in this oh she was amazing like she was fucking awesome yeah and i just liked their interaction between them because you know you could see tj's character just like so trying just to be like charming and yeah. he's just screwing it up and she's just not having it yeah and but you can see them kind of building a friendship as the movie progresses, which is nice. And I love the fact that this is even brought up in the movie, but that uh, the main character, I forget his real name, but like, uh, or his name in the movie, but he brings up like, where did you get that tape that you're recording on? He's like, oh, it was just already in the camcorder. He's like, that was like some footage of me and my uh, girlfriend on our date night, blah, blah, blah. And then you get those interspersed pieces of, the like couple nights before when they were out on a at the carousel and they were on these date nights bringing in like a more realistic point of view during the apocalypse stuff that's being filmed and Absolutely. i really i really enjoyed that and especially at the end when you can that last moment of them together and you see the meteor crash in the water behind them and which, which is pretty much what happens what pretty much causes what happens in the so the girl that shows up so at the you know it's a guy's going away party he's going to go be a vp in japan yeah. and he banged his female friend and then never called her she comes to the party so they're not actually together right so that video footage i think is from them when they hooked up that night yeah and then That's... she brings a date did you recognize who the date was i recognized him i didn't know he's from, from what the office the... that's what it was yeah yeah okay yep so <laughs> He's the creator of The Office um, in the United States version of it. Like, he's involved in the producing or something like that. I can't remember his, the actor's name, but um, he stars in it, and he also has a, that's a role in it, um, or had a role in helping produce it. That's cool, because, yeah, I, like I Ryan, recognized him. Ryan is his name in the, in the show, I believe. Oh, okay, yep, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so anyway, um, I thought that was cool that he was in it. Um but I really enjoy the part where shit starts to go down. Like they're on the stairwell and they're talking. That's where you find out like, yeah, we hooked up and I never called her or whatever. And now she's acting all weird and they're acting weird. And then shit happens and they escape out of the building and there's all that panic. And the panic was well done. Like filming on those streets of New York city. I don't know if it was filmed directly in New York. I'm going to assume it was. Yeah. It was fucking sick how it was filmed. And then when they're trying to cross the bridge and the big, uh, tentacle comes out and smashes the bridge like yeah fuck you feel that like you were like holy fuck these people are gonna die like this is fucked up and you could feel the panic and i think that's the power of found footage because you're looking and you're thinking 
if I was in that crowded amount of people, oh my God, I would panic too. And I would probably engage like this. And it puts you like in, in the rider seat of the characters. It absolutely does. And like, and I think it has just more of an impact for films like this. Cause like, uh, the iconic shot of the Statue of Liberty being decapitated in the head yes. just crashing in front of them. I feel like that's just like an American thing. Oh, it is. Like, I'm you know, you well, it totally is, though. I mean, because you know, if you destroy the Statue of Liberty, that's just an offense to Americans. America. But uh and this and this uh, it, this illegal alien from another planet came well, and down. Well, it was and, an illegal alien. I'm pretty sure it didn't have any paperwork. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's an illegal alien <laughs> came down to America, took out our Statue of Liberty, kept destroying our roads and trying to change the world he believes in. We need to kick him out of here, build a wall. <laughs> um hopefully no more wells are built after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um so I Speaking of that, though, the subway system, and even when they Fuck. and they're and they're and now the only thing I find funny about this movie is I really doubt that someone would keep recording that period of time. And I was going trying. to bring that up about a lot of found footage. That is the issue. Yeah. That I have. The only ones, the only two so far that I buy it in are Wreck because they're a film crew, and Blair Witch Project because of her obsession with making that project. Yep. Um, this they're just like oh no we got to document it one day in case someone finds this footage like I get that that was a throw in line but I don't think in that real situation I would be running with the camcorder like I don't think or my phone out I don't think I'd be running trying to video it I would I don't be, know maybe people out there would be I would but, be saying goodbye camera run yeah I, I, I think <laughs> I would be like self preservation would take over that's my only big issue with this film you know for what it is is the fact that they keep on recording like even when they go up to save their friend in that room and there's all that fucking drama and shit and he's like they're being chased and shit i don't buy that tj miller would hold on to that camcorder and keep fucking filming only thing i don't buy of that movie especially like especially when they're all running down the road and the monster is like right there like on the other street smashing things and yes. you, you even hear tj miller freaking the fuck out i think at that point if he's seen like because i think it was a tank that it just came over and just walloped out of the air or something like that and like tj starts freaking out out of at that moment when that thing hit the tank i probably would have been like drop the camera get the fuck out be like fuck this shit i'm out of here bitches <laughs> yep i can't be here any longer this is nope this is no good <laughs> yeah i agree with you i that, and yet again that's a small complaint yet again it's a found footage film so you're Suspending disbelief. I just don't think it's the strongest found footage film because of that. But I did enjoy the monster. I enjoyed how they used the creature. I enjoyed the ending. I thought it was a very realistic ending. Um, And I love the parasites that fall off of its body. Yes, the parasites are pretty sick. And those things, I I couldn't help but laugh, though, because when they uh, when they're chasing them through the subway, like that scene right there is really tense. Yeah, it's very tense. But when they finally, you know, knock them off of her, the girl and like they, they go run and they get into that one room and they close the door and they're trying to bash through the door. I just couldn't help but laugh because the damn creatures kind of sound like. <laughs> like they're abusing by head. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just couldn't help but laugh because it seemed so comedic with the way they sounded compared to like the regular monster and everything. 
<laughs> I agree with you 100%. So I, a good, decent found footage film, not the best, but I would say entertaining, great special effects, did a great job of putting you in the viewer seat. I almost feel like this could be a great ride. Like this is a movie yeah. that if this had come out of D-Box, it would have been a fucking wild ride. Oh, that would have been um, insane. Right. So fun. Uh, not my not my fave, but up there in popularity, something I enjoyed. Yep. This is one that I could go back and watch because it's kind of an American kaiju film. And I yeah. am a fan of kaiju. And um, I would recommend checking out 10 Cloverfield Lane. Cause yes, you've seen that one. That one while it deals with like the effects of what happens in this movie is a very isolated film. And it's very like it, it almost feels like that couldn't, it could have been a completely different movie. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, but now let's move to North America. Mm-hmm. Well, you mean Canada. Northern America. <laughs> and let's discuss <laughs> North America. Cause it's all right. <laughs> such an american thing to say let's move to north america <laughs> but you were well, already in north america <laughs> well i mean i am talking about building a wall against those legal aliens coming like down new from york city's only a seven hour drive from me <laughs> closer for me to get to new york city than it is for you to get to new york city i know i know <laughs> I was trying to say this. I was saying, nah, never mind. Me laughing. This is me laughing like you did when you thought I said blow up doll. <laughs> this is my, my version of blow up dog. doll. I'm sure no one finds it as funny as I do right now, but that's okay. All right. Let's take this to the great white north. How about that? <laughs> Even worse, but I'll accept it for now. I know. That's why I said it. Because I had to get that look from you. <laughs> but uh, anyway. We're talking about the Canadian found footage film Grave Encounters from 2011. It is a supernatural found footage horror film. The footage follows the crew of a paranormal reality television program who lock themselves in a haunted psychiatric hospital in search of evidence of paranormal activity as they shoot what ends up becoming their final episode. Written and directed by Colin Minahan and Stuart Ortiz. The film premiered on April 22nd, 2011 at the Tribeca Film Festival and received mostly mixed reviews. The film was released on August 25th, 2011 in select theaters using the eventful demand it and video on demand via Comcast. Film premiered internationally in Italy via distributor Eagle Pictures under the title ESP Phenomenae Paranormonae on June 1st of 2011. The trailer for Grave Encounters is considered a viral sensation generating over 30 million views. I did not know that about the trailer. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. You know, we're all about the facts here on Friday Nightmares. <laughs> and, I, I, and I'm just kind of like, uh, what's his name from Anchorman? You, you put something in front of me, I read it. <laughs> it's so true. I could be like, Scott likes poo-poo. And you would read it out loud. I probably would. And be like, and Scott likes poo-poo. I like poo poo. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's in North America again? <laughs> you know, lots of snow. God. North snow, America. Snow, mooses. I'm in America. <laughs> there, there's only one America here, young lady. <laughs> Canada. And then Trump's America. Fucking Canadians. Um, 
I I wasn't sure what to think of this movie when I put it on because if we all know, but I love it, paranormal investigators, and we have a show, and we're going to a haunted house that's really haunted, and it like totally delivered. Yes, because that is that is like one of those types of films that I like almost like many many subgenres is the paranormal investigators finding something real because. Oh, I love those because I cannot stand those paranormal investigators like that do their <laughs> like, TV shows. You've ever watched those shows? Oh, they're painful. Like, what is that? What is that? And they'll be like, flashlight! <laughs> Creaking. If you're here with us, give us a sign. <gasps> Did you hear that? <laughs> and then they like replay the tape back. Oh my God. I you, love you, that you, shit so you much. Re- you replay the tape back and you're... <laughs> See, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I heard white static. <laughs> see right there right there it's right there listen listen closely <laughs> now to right be there. fair i do believe in ghosts and shit so i don't want to joke too much uh because i don't want anything to come after me so i well, do no, i'm just making fun of these freaking idiots that do the reality team. that's fine ghosts can go after you i don't want them to come after me <laughs> but um i do believe uh anyway I do believe in ghosts, but I don't so do believe I. in these paranormal shows. Um, That's exactly what I was saying. Yes. And I, I, what I love about this movie is the setup first, they have a director being like, yeah, so, you know, we, this was a really promising group of people and we signed them up to do this show. Um, we only got six episodes in because this is what happened on the sixth episode. And it has them going into like getting set up to go to this school and stuff. And they're kind of doing all this chatting beforehand. And Scott has put himself on mute for 15 minutes, people. And I'm sorry that I have to keep talking, but he does this all the time. That's right, Scotty. That's right. And you're sorry. leaving this shit in there. So <laughs> anyway, it's not me babbling on. Scott goes on mute. So they go in this school. Or is it a school? Or is it like a mental It's a sanitarium. Is it? Okay. And they do this whole tour around it and and they bring in the caretaker. They do this like, has anything ever happened here? And of course, like he has some stories. And then my favorite is they go outside to the gardener and it's a guy and they're like, so you've been working here. He's like, just for a week. And he's trying to like work and he's trying to ignore them. And they're like, so has anything happened since you've been here? No, nothing's happened. And then you see him give the guy 20 bucks or whatever it is. And he's like, yeah, I was working a couple of days ago and I saw him off to tell some story. (laughs) Oh my God. I thought it was the funniest shit I'd ever seen. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. Because you know, Um, it's so true that they pull that shit. That's probably what happens, right? Yeah. So the setup to it was great. I really enjoyed them doing the interviews and how cheesy they are. And they're going to the bathtub and they're like, they have the one guy that's like, I sense there was pain in this room. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and like they're trying not to laugh during the outtakes and stuff. Like that setup was fucking mint. It was brilliant. And that's what good found footage is. You're setting up yet again your characters and you're seeing them do these shitty things and trying to make this show. And you're like, oh, this is all going to be horse shit. And then when things start to fucking happen, it ramps it up. Oh, and, and in this movie, it ramps it up freaking in like, it goes insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And excuse me. <coughs> oh, see, you could have muted your mic for that. Just not when you take your vape for. I didn't want to get yelled at. It, well, it's because you vape. This man vapes more than any person I've ever seen vape. 
I'm beginning to think he has magical dust in there that I want something of. Well, I mean, like, that's how what, I become the smoke show. What is in that vape? Magic. I need some vape. <laughs> like, then I could look as hot as you. Oh, yeah. Like, right now, I'm only a two. And with that vape, I could become a ten. I mean, it is a robot dick. Okay, you can mute. You don't want the vape in there all the time. Just stop vaping every 50 seconds. See, this wait. is what happens when mommy and daddy fight, okay? We're just trying to have a good <laughs> podcasting relationship here. Like, I know it's been a while since we've seen each other and things are hard, but don't worry. You're going to come up here and get shit-faced with me real soon. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It will happen. <laughs> and then we'll be regretting lots of decisions together. So. <laughs> He'll be like, oh, we why already did you have those? those shots? I'll be like, why did you have those shots? It will be really, really bad news, Bears. And we'll wake but... up the next morning and go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that will probably be the one word you'll be able to say. <laughs> that is true. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you think of Grave Encounters? If you're um, not vaping. You smart ass. <laughs> uh, no, this one, I watched this one, uh, earlier in the year when we were starting our first time watches because i'd heard so many people talk about it fuck this movie legit scared me yeah it had scary parts like i don't get affected by horror films very often i'm like desensitized to it like but this one made me jump it got under my skin like 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 i've talked about on the show before like a lot of the supernatural stuff really you know a lot of the newer stuff i'm starting to realize is very effective it just for some reason i just wasn't affected by it before but like watch some of this stuff now it's really getting under my skin and i think it's the found footage genre itself that makes it feel so realistic that it makes it even better and with it being in a in a sanitarium um a lot of like the night vision style shots awesome used yes yes and they're so you know there's pretty much walk around in freaking pitch black which you know, as much as I love going into abandoned buildings, I'm sorry, but I don't know if I would go into abandoned facilities like this. And this also played from the Blair Witch, where they lost sense of time. Yes. And they were waiting for a day to come, and it never did. That's right. And, like, the exits disappeared, and the doors wouldn't open to certain rooms. Yep. And, like, once again, part two builds on the mythology of this more, and, like, literally the building shifts around and gets you lost in part two. Uh, but this one, yeah, like, and like the kills in this were like uncomfortable and extremely violent too for, yes, they were. And yeah, this one was just probably, this is probably one of my all time favorite uh, found footage films. It was scary. It was straight up scary. Yeah. Um, And it, and it takes a real turn when the cameraman gets a call from his daughter and he's trying to help her go to sleep and you see one of the ghosts for the first time and the way that things just got darker and darker getting waking up and having the bracelets on them yeah seeing the mental um the the patients that have been kept there and their ghosts and haunting them seeing the doctor that had performed these experiments on them and it does tie in to grave encounters too very well um if you can get past the first you know, 25 minutes of it. And they go in fully equipped. They go in with lots of food and water. They go in with GPS. They go in with 
you know, way more stuff than this other group did. And they end up getting lost. Yep. They use the whole glow sticks to try to find their way out. That doesn't work. Like Grave Encounters 2 and Grave Encounters really do follow up for each other if you can get past that first 25 minutes of Grave Encounters 2. Um, I think. Yep, I completely agree. Because this movie, like both these movies together, like are like flow into each other perfectly. There's two scenes that stand out for me in the Grave Encounters. It's when they go into the room and they see the nurse and the doctor operating the nurses on on the patient the guy at the end goes in and he sees the nurse and the doctor and he becomes like he's like they said they fixed me and i can go home soon like indicating that he had a lobotomy or something like that Mm -hmm. the second scenes that stand out for me is when the in grave encounters 2 is when the three people think they make it out go back to the hotel room Oh yeah. Go down the elevator and they and it opens in the sanitarium again. Yeah, that was really effective. And I think it is just such a mind mess. You're right. The night vision is amazing. The special effects and the ghosts and the and the ramping up of the ghost behavior, the screaming. They see the ghost and then the ghost's face distort and they and they become these horrible visions. It is a scary film. Yeah. It- Almost reminds, I'm trying to think, because it almost reminds me of, uh, like, something you would see on, uh, like, a doctored video on YouTube, like, the way the ghosts look, which, Mm -hmm. because, like, Mm -hmm. they're looking all normal, all of a sudden just, like, all of a sudden they, like, just get started and freak out looking, and. Absolutely. But, like, and it just, it's done in such an effective way, and, like, even though these characters are all just, like, oh, these dumb paranormal people, you start to feel for them, because, once again, you build up, like, the characters before you before they even get into this mess and everything that they go through and um i'm trying to remember i think it was the one scene that stuck to me was uh, i think it was the woman was walking in the hallway by herself and she was walking towards the camera that was on the tripod and that was facing down like she was walking towards it so you've seen her and you yep. see in the background you see that wheelchair moving yes like yes just simple effects like that and then the same with when they go to that tripod uh that's upstairs with the windows and you see the windows opening or slamming shut with nothing there like it's along the lines of paranormal activity with the way they did stuff like that but it like was super effective just like in paranormal activity absolutely i agree with you 100 percent um yeah this film to me is just a ghost film done right this is this is one of the best the best paranormal investigators go into a haunted house film found footage or otherwise, in my opinion. Um, yeah, now this I have one, not seen ghost killers versus bloody Mary. Yeah. I was just going to say that one oh. and this one are tied for me now. Um, maybe I would feel differently on seeing that, but out Probably. of what I've seen, uh, this is my fave followed up by the sequel. I honestly think the sequel, with the exception of what I talked about earlier is scary. Well done. Yep. Well acted. Um, the ending to the sequel is very good. The telltale ending. Um, yeah. How they try to make it look real and fake all at the same time. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, like I said, I, I completely agree. Uh, it's I like this one better than the sequel, but the sequel is not far off. Like, it's they're pretty close to each other. Absolutely. I recommend watch. Yes. I think uh, these are movies that you should check out. But let's move on to our last one, which is controversial. Oh, Yes. So it's this, uh, Shyamalan Ding Dong. Yes. What a twist. 
Uh, so our last movie of the night. <laughs> sounded so sounded like a ghost host from an old TV show there. The last movie for the you night. Did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right. So the last movie we're going to talk about in the found footage uh, topic is M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, 2015 American found footage horror comedy, The Visit. Comedy? Uh, I don't see the like comedy. Some really. funny parts, but then there's some real fucked up scenes. Yeah, that this, I wouldn't call this horror comedy. I would call this horror, horror. Uh, splash of comedic elements to lighten up the mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's not like a comedy at all. No. Uh, but it stars. It's obviously direct, produced and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, what a tweet. And written. Oh, oh no, and written, yes. He does and it all. He is. He is a man of everything. Uh, it stars Olivia de Jong, Ed Oxenbold, Deanna Dunnigan, Peter McRobbie, and Catherine Hahn. Film centers around teenage Becca and her younger brother, Tyler, who live with their single mother who left home 15 years ago and is estranged from her parents. After finding their grandchildren online and wanting to meet them, the grandparents invite them to spend a week at their farm while their mother goes off with her boyfriend. Aspiring filmmaker Becca and her little brother decide to go, and Becca decides to make a documentary of their visit. Strange behaviors and dark, disturbing secrets soon emerge. Now, the only accuracy issue I have with this film. What mother, after not seeing her parents for 15 years... Puts her kids on a train, and now we have 2015, we have cameras on phones by now, and doesn't call, doesn't go with them for the train ride at least to do the pass off. I find that the most fucking unbelievable thing I've ever seen. And the sad thing is, as ridiculous as it is, I've, I could see a mother doing that. Like, a bad 15 mother. years you didn't talk to your parents. Like, I'm not yeah. talking like, you know, your mom kept in contact with her mom. Right. Right. My Both of my parents lost a parent at a young age, but their parents were remarried. And I saw my grandparents on a regular basis. Like, I'm not like, this is 15 years of no contact. You're yeah, going to put your kids on a fucking train and ship them off. And you're not going to go with them to see your mom and dad. Now, maybe she talked to them on the phone. And she felt like there was already clarity because we can tell that, you know, the twist happened at some point. But I just think that's a little weird. I think it's weird, but I don't think it's completely unreasonable because uh, okay. just for the fact that I think this mother is very self-absorbed and selfish. I didn't I mean, get that impression from her. Okay, see, I got that from her because, like, She's talking about going on, like, get, she's all excited to get rid of her kids because she's going to go on this cruise with her new boyfriend. And, like, she was all excited about it. And then whenever she caught one, they, when she does call them, she's talking about how to make, like, she's, a lot of the things that she's talking about is how much of a fun time she's having on her cruise and not really being too concerned about See, what's I going on with the kids. I guess I didn't get that. Her kids are also, like, old. They're not. Yeah. And And I feel like, the only way I can alleviate my concern is that when her parents were alive, she had talked to them because the plans were made with the parents, the right. actual parents. And 
maybe they sorted everything out on the phone and she felt fine sending them. I will never buy that as part of this story. To me, yeah. I just don't buy after 15 years that you wouldn't get on a train and come for the first night. But then we wouldn't have a horror movie. So, you right. know, at the same time, like, you know, you need the plot to move along. So I will forgive it and, you know, move it aside. But I think the greeting of the grandparents, quote unquote, and the kids seem very normal at first. Yeah. Like, it's that awkward, like, first time meeting each other, but like, happy to see each other and happy to welcome them to their home mm -hmm. and learning about them and wanting to like do things with them. It's just when it like hits what, like was it nine o'clock or something like that at night? Yeah. And they have like a fun little afternoon of like baking cookies and like doing stuff and they're calling them grandma and grandpa. And they're like, we're so glad you came to visit. We feel so loved. And they're like, no, after nine o'clock, you can't leave your room. And this is where, the male and the female who are playing the grandparents start to display some pretty concerning behaviors. Just a little bit. Like rocking uncontrollably in chairs, running around the house, scratching at windows and doors. Grandma running around the house naked. Right. Like, you know, and I wasn't sure if these two were like a couple in the same asylum. So for those that have not seen the visit, we're going to give a big spoiler here. Um, the people that are posing as the grandparents were uh patients of where these the original grandparents volunteered at found out where they lived broke out of the asylum or wherever they were killed them and took their place yeah. which doesn't explain why the cops haven't come by to look for these older people and why they're not looking for the people that escaped right like well i'll say like <laughs> That, that is actually a really good point. Actually. Like, you know, if they were volunteering at this home all the time. And then they just stopped And then they stopped up. coming and they're older. Like, I would be probably, if I worked at that home and I saw that these two other patients escaped, I would probably be calling the police. Yeah, because I'll say that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, like, because for one, they would notice the grandparents not showing back up. Also, they would probably put two and two together. Hey, these two escaped. All of a sudden, grandma and grandpa aren't coming back to volunteer. Hmm. There's more to this than we thought. Like, I, yeah. you brought up a great point. I did <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, but, you know, we're not talking about plot holes. We're talking about found footage quality. I think it would make sense that the little boy would want to record it. Um, well, he was an up-and-coming rapper. Where he was an up and coming oh, rapper, and the idea that he wanted to. I used to have a camcorder and I'd like to record shit too. Do I think he would have recorded everything? No, but then they start recording things because their grandparents are acting weird. Yeah, so they record they it because they're like, well, we better get this on tape to show our mom. Because they're probably thinking, I think the older one's thinking they may have Alzheimer's, they may have dementia, they may have other things going on. And you're right. I think she was concerned with herself because maybe this was the first time in 15 years she was able to send her kids away for a week and she was able to be on her own. Right. Because that, that was the part that I also didn't get was like, um, okay, my children are going away by themselves for their first time traveling by themselves to my grandparents who I haven't seen or talked to, which, you know, issue right there, like you said. Well, we're assuming they probably had a phone conversation. Right. But 
I don't think my parents, if I was doing something like this, would have planned to take a cruise while I was gone, just in case they needed me for something, in case I needed them for something. I think yeah. my mom would have probably stayed home. So that's where I think the self-absorbed part comes in a bit. Yeah, maybe, but in all fairness, like if that was your mom's parents and she had reconnected with her mother and maybe they had had like a two hour conversation on the phone and they cleared up everything and the mother had assured her everything would be fine. And I would trust my mom with my kids. You know, like I, I hear you, but I think that, you know, and, and they probably said, no, go away. You deserve it. Go, go, go. Like we don't get that backstory. So you right. could be right or I could be right. We have no fucking idea because he never gives a backstory. That is true. Like he's like, you're on a train. <laughs> so we have no idea. Like we're imagining a conversation took place or didn't take place. Like we have no fucking clue. That is very true. Right. And that's the problem with this movie. <laughs> yeah. There's some major plot holes that M. Long Shung Along didn't think about <laughs> when doing this. <laughs> All he thought about was the twist. All he thought about was the money that he was going to make off of this film. That's what he thought about. <laughs> right. He was riding high on all his other fucking movies. And he thought to himself, if I keep going on this route, I will be able to continue to make all these films. But yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think some of the best scenes of this involve the filming underneath the house. Oh, my God. That scene was so creepy. When they're playing hide and go seek. Very, the very grandma well joins them. Very, very well done. One of the scenes that was the hardest for me was when they find out that this older man has been wearing diapers and he's just been disposing them in the chicken coop, which is fucking disgusting. Yep. But then when he takes the diaper and shoves it into the kid's face. Yeah. That scene for me was really, really upsetting. I I, I just got uh, nauseous when I seen that. Like, I just found it extremely traumatic. And the kid is kind of, like, in shock when it's happening. And it's very, very upsetting. Yeah, because that is, like, the scene that I think everybody remembers from this movie. That and the stuff that happens underneath the house. Because it's just, like, one's just really freaky and one's just, like, what the fuck? Like, that is a very fucked up scene. And how does she end up outsmarting them at the end? What does she... Because it's the girl that pulls it off. Uh, I do not remember let's I'll get to wikipedia because it's been about two months since i watched it now i didn't get a chance to rewatch this one see that tells you how much we didn't want to rewatch this movie yeah because it's it's a it's a well done with why the kid is filming it and why that's happening all oh, right they force him to play not yahtzee so where everything comes to be is that they find the camera footage of nana with a knife they get in contact with, with their parent their mom they beg her to come get them um she show they show the parents and she, they, she freaks out and says those are not her grandparents and that's when she freaks out and she's trying to figure out how to get to them and then they get her get them to play yahtzee um they find the bodies of their grandparents along with the uniforms from the mental health hospital which they worked at revealing the imposters as the escape patients and yeah like he, the man is tormenting so he he locks becca in a room and imprisoned there's imprisons her in the bedroom with nana who's fucking crazy and then the the grandfather tortures tyler with the dirty diaper and all that other stuff um becca fatally stabs her nana and eventually kills her because it was in a dark room and they basically leaves her for the nana to kill her um and then attacks pop pop as pop pop starts to gain the upper hand tyler knocks him to the floor and kills him repeatedly by slamming his head in the refrigerator (laughs) i remember that 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 scene was awesome right the teens (laughs) escaped 
met outside where outside where they met where they were met by their mother and police officer. So somehow this bitch got off a cruise and made it there. Right. Within like <laughs> a day. I don't know. Like I guess it's about 12 hours, 10 hours. Yeah, like that doesn't like and she's on a cruise so it's like you got to wait for the cruise ship to get back. You got to get to port to port yeah. anyway. But bottom line is is the filming of this of this is the filming is very good the kid documents everything at first he's documenting it because he's excited and he's just excited to see his grandparents and they're going to share this with their mom and then it becomes out of like we think something's wrong with them and then they realize what the fuck's going on and they're trying to let their mother know um the filming of everything else is i think the grandfather sets up the camera and tortures the kid and does other shit um and it kind of switches away from found village because that's how we see the in the bedroom right nana right so we do get a flitch out of of found footage so it is a majority found footage camcorder film but it does switch in and out i do appreciate the plot of this movie in the sense i think the story is decent enough like in you know if we take out the plot holes and we just go for the ride i think the acting is pretty decent especially done by the older folks and the kids but i don't think it's one of the best found footage movies out there and i don't think it's the best work for m night's Shyamalan. Um, no, I would say this is kind of like middle of the road for uh, one of his films. It's like, middle of the road for found footage too. At least I yeah. buy the reason why they're filming it as much as they are. I can I can accept that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, this one's just kind of okay. But yeah, like it's one of those other ones we just had to talk about because it was uh, a different style of the found footage. Well, it's camcorder and it's yeah. not horrible. Like it's not horrible. The build technically the not even are pretty te- good. And I was saying it's technically not even found footage it's just footage well it's footage and i guess they'd be showing the cops about what happened and stuff like that to clear because they just also both committed murder so you that need to have some true. proof as to why that you is did very that. true um you know so i can definitely forgive those parts of it and i do really like the kids and i do really like the grandparents i think the four actors really played well off of each other um which made it a believable film despite the many potholes that existed in it right yeah, that, well, yeah, I say it's still worth a watch. I think every everything on this list, if you haven't seen any of it, it's worth checking out. Yeah, even though we just spoiled the shit out of the visit for you, it's still pretty scary at parts, and there's some really right. good jump scares. Here. Yeah, because it even when you tell somebody about that diaper scene, it still not it still doesn't not hit like seeing it. Watch it. It's like oh, it's pretty yeah. fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty um, messed up. Yeah, and just really weird shit so for out of our dark segment which is our final segment that we'll be covering tonight we're going to talk about what is missing in found footage and what could be done next and i have an idea but i'm going to see first if scott has one all right so i've been deliberating on this one for the whole entire week since we discussed what our topic was going to be and i was having a hard time um but i did come up with something i would kind of like to see now what um per se my friend i would like to see Something along the lines of a found footage, almost like a home video of, say, Christmas time or like like one of the holidays where mm. you would film with your family and like opening the gifts and like spending dinner and chatting with everybody. I would like to see a found footage film that focused on one of the holidays and treat it like it was an actual home video. That's kind of like that's kind of what I'd like to see. And, and so you can watch those at anyone's house. Where would be the horror twist? Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, you'd have to, I don't know what the horror twist would be. Like, it could You're be like, but I want to see it based in a family gathering. Yes. 
Okay. I want a horror scenario based like a family gathering, like a family holiday get together. And then shit starts to happen slowly. You get to know the characters at the beginning. So you can see them setting up for the holiday meal. Yep. And the like, event. Like and then someone recording grandma over. cooking the dinners and stuff like that. And... That'd be a really cool exorcism or demon. Yeah. See that that's or yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Cause like yeah. I don't think like regular haunting style paranormal activity would work on this one. I think it would be something that had to happen to like one person. That's a really interesting concept. And I don't think that's been down in, done in, at least in the found footage I have seen yet. Like I know in VS, VHS, they do that barbecue and stuff like that, but the, you're looking at more of a holiday focus, a full length feature developing and they're recording it because they're just recording it for fake, for, for family value to keep it and have a record of it kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, mine, mine actually was, uh, I went tree chop trekking recently this, this month. And while I was up on one of these trees, so you basically climb pretty high up and you have to walk across these boards. In one case, you have to walk across wires. Um, you have to walk across these logs that are spaced out. Like it's actually really physically hard. And I thought to myself, you know, it'd be really cool because I saw people with GoPros on their helmet. I'm like, imagine a tree top trekking zombie apocalypse. So you're up in the trees, and while you're up there treetop trekking, zombies, a, a zombie breakout happens or an infection breakout happens, and you start having people infected below you. And you oh, have that to stay on the treetops, and you have a, like five or six people that are doing this together, and they have to move from obstacle to obstacle. Now, you are... Um, clipped in but you do fall down a bit when you when you fall and you have to pull yourself back up um so imagine that and you are trying to prevent these infected from crawling up because they were able to crawl up the ladders but they and they may be able to crawl across some of the some of the obstacles but then they fall to the ground and people just survive it wow see now this would be like something this would probably affect me more watching it than probably would be you. Cause you know, my fear of like the heights and falling and then just especially to fall and the chance of zombies snagging you and grabbing you while you're hanging, trying to get yourself back up. Yeah. And they oh, could be man, slow moving be zombies or you could do fast ones like infection based because infections tend to be faster than um, yeah. dead. Right. Unless you look at Dawn of the dead and stuff like that. But I think it would be something that would be a really interesting, like it's a sport or an activity that's common right now. A lot of people are familiar with it. It's kind of seen as an extreme sport or extreme activity, whatever you want to call it. And it would be a cool way to incorporate life into the infected Sami drama genre. And, you know, you, you get, you see them showing up to this thing. Like I thought of being my friends showing up and as having the talk of getting and getting fitted and you learn to learn about each character and you see them go through the first obstacle and how nervous they are and i like this and then you because you sip line as well like they actually teach you how to sip line because there's sip lines on the courses so then you would have to sip line and try not to get grabbed by the infected and you know if you fall you're you're like it and you of course would have people taken off and stuff and how are you going to survive because you're also going to run into like you're running out of water you would right. have a water bottle on you but you're running out of water you're running out of food and, and typically you would leave yourself stuff down on a picnic table so that's where your cell phones would be because you don't carry your cell phone because you're worried something's going to happen so then you would have someone trying to get to their cell phone and wow. get back yeah, up that'd be, yeah that makes sense i know I like, i'm a genius <laughs> i like this I like both of like I like both these ideas. Like I would love to see both of these turned into films. That would be really cool. 
well, I give anyone permission who's out there. If you want to steal my idea, I don't care. Um, because I'm not talented enough to make a movie. So it, I just think that would be a really cool thing to add. And I could see that being a low budget 60 minute film. It doesn't need to be any longer than that. Right. Um, or maybe you could make it into a longer film than that. And I don't know what a cool name of it would be, but it would be a pretty fun, easy film to do. You basically are just using a GoPro and treetop of, of the dead angles that you would edit together yeah treetop of the dead yeah or trek of the dead trek of the dead <laughs> i like that yeah so anyway i i think that's where found footage needs to go it needs to be more invented we need to move away just from you know going to obstacles and stuff like that we need to go into different kind of avenues we need to incorporate modern activities and that's the thing about horror movies when they start including things like airbnbs and ubers and sh- ride shares yeah you need to and, and host where you're using zoom we need to create things that connect to us and that we can relate to in this generation and our pop culture and that's where i think you can have a lot of creativity with found footage yeah i agree and also, I think found footage needs to uh, kind of distance itself from like the ghostly supernatural because that's what it seems to hang its hat on the most. Um, I would like to see more like a slasher style one because um, uh, what is it? The uh, laid to rest movies. The killer has like a GoPro attached to his mask and he's like filming his victims, but it's not done in a found footage style film it's like a regular mm-hmm. slasher but i would like to see something like that where instead of it being through the eyes of the antagonist instead of the protagonist like or something like that where he's the one doing the filmmaking and like stalking but he's recording everything absolutely i think no, that would be kind really of cool like, like i think it just uh the found footage genre just needs to like step into different genres of horror like yep. we did get cloverfield with the whole kaiju which is a unique twist on the genre and so yeah i think like yeah just keep kind of raising the stakes changing them up a little bit like you can come up with some really good stuff absolutely you got to continuously look at how you can connect with your audience and continue to build um connections to the audience so stuff that's modern stuff that is catchy stuff that people care about um people that they can relate because that's what found footage does it puts you in the position of the character and that's something that is super important and can be very helpful for when you're doing your your films i completely agree like i and yeah i have to say after uh this whole uh diving deep into this theme i have so much more respect for this genre now absolutely i think my 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 opinion on it has strongly changed and I think that's important. It's important to have your opinions challenged and we will pick this apart a little bit more. We're going to be looking at social media films. Um, and what was the other genre I said? So there was uh, we wanted to media. do the faux documentary as well. And faux and, mock- and mockumentaries or whatever they're called. Um, so we're going to be looking at those in and talking about those. Maybe we'll do that yeah, whole series. Um, we've done that before. We yeah, maybe really we'll do this like it. we did. Yeah, I say we could probably just do it like we did the... Uh... The creature feature ones absolutely just, absolutely kind of just tackle them all and, and leading up to throughout the rest of this month absolutely we could for sure um yeah so i guess that's it we kind of talked yeah. about what we're going to do next 
Uh, thank you, everyone, as always, for joining us and listening and supporting our podcast. I don't know, Scott, do you have anything else to add? Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much. Uh, and I'm hoping you guys are enjoying this because we've been having a lot of fun. I mean, holy shit, we're on 20 episodes now, which is we, I think, have hit where the horror drunks stopped. Awesome. So I am like we have progressed and I am happy that everyone is enjoying this and giving us all the feedback that we've been getting back, getting from our shows, because we do have a blast recording these. And yes, it would be fun to record these in person, but with the whole uh, pandemic and the I don't think we'll ever record in person again. No, I'll say we've we've made it so it's easy for us to do it this way now. Yeah, um, and we can see each other, and, and that was the whole value of it. When we visit each other, which we will do one day, maybe, maybe we will. If we go to a horror con or something and we're at your place and we want to reset up all the equipment and do it, we probably will. But that would not be for another six months at minimum. So right. um, we will have many episodes before that happens. Yes, we um, will. And like, and it's great because we keep coming up with new ideas for topics. So. It's, it's true. Like, We've done pretty well. You know, we're just superstars here. Oh, we're, we are. We're so professional, too. <laughs> super professionals. Super <laughs> professional show, for sure. Well, Scotty, thanks again. It's been a slice. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening and check out some found footage. You may be surprised what's out there. And until then, unpleasant dreams. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs> 